What's up, and welcome to the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley, your favorite Friday afternoon voices. Yeah. Friday evening, wherever you are in the world, could be Friday, could be Saturday morning for all we know when you listen to this. But um, yeah, thanks for tuning in for another week of um, my dad and my's Bench Time Podcast. So. Before we get into anything else, we have one new patron I wanted to thank that joined our Patreon is Jim Lassiter. So thanks, Jim. Um, big, big kudos to you for joining our Patreon. Also, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to a few. Thanks, Jim. I want to give a shout oh, out. A delayed, thanks. That was weird. Are you on a time delay? What the hell? <laughs> well, I'm trying to find an email. Okay. Somebody you find that say. email. I'm going to start reading I something. Am, uh, this is from Jim. So, Jim. Um, Thank God Jim was not harmed, but, um, you know, he's a listener from the Tennessee area, and we were concerned about the tornado that recently happened down in Nashville. Um, thankfully, he was okay. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a few other listeners from that area that are chiming, that are tuning in this week. We're glad you guys are okay, and we hope everything is well with your families. But there are... Um, uh, we, we know there's a few other listeners from Tennessee as well. So we just wanted to give a shout out that we hope you guys are safe. Everyone else in your family is safe. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of outlets. If you guys are listening that want to help, you know, the Salvation Army is always looking for things. They, oh no, I'm sorry, not the Salvation Army. Scratch that. Not Salvation Army. American Red Cross. Why did I say Salvation Army? I don't know, man. But American Red Cross, Jim sent me some links here for some resources if for anyone that wants to help anyone in the Nashville area. Um, and this is directly from the, um, what did he say here? This is directly from the mayor's office in Nashville. So American Red Cross, it's redcross.org forward slash local forward slash Tennessee forward slash local chapters, Nashville area. Also the Salvation Army in Nashville at salarmy-nashville.org. Second Harvest Food Bank in Nashville. It's the secondharvestmidtn.org. Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, cfmt.org, and Hands on Nashville, hon.org. Those are three um, ways that you can help our, uh, anyone that's in the Tennessee area that was devastated by that massive tornado that kind of came out of nowhere. It's nuts. So that was my yeah, little. That, was, uh, that, that was, was pretty wild. I know that's not normal on our show, but uh, I requested that we get some links for p- ways that other people that are listening, if they want to help, um, that they can send any, this isn't for Jim. Jim's safe. Jim's fine. Um, Jim right. was actually listening to the podcast after it was happening. And he sent us a message about that. So that was awesome. But, um, we have another listener named Martin who's also yeah, safe. We have a few, we live, I know we have a few yeah. listeners that have reached out to us that live in the Tennessee area or live in the Nashville area and, um, glad that they're safe, but you know, it affects those, it's a horrible thing we it affects know. those communities. Dra- dramatically, so I just wanted to do our little part to. If you want to help anyone in that area, those are the ways you can do that. All right. All right. So, anyways, moving on from my uh, little public announcement there, um, let's jump into. Let's do our bullhorn first. You got your message? You ready? Well, no, I I I thought I had one. I don't think I do. I don't know where it's at. So, um, if somebody sent me a message, uh, me, it, I I only got one. Yeah, I know, but somebody sent me something in private, and I can't find it, and I don't know 
who it was or where where it is now at this point. It okay. came in the middle of my it, it came to me at work. I was at my desk and I was busy and well, I apologize. So get me next week. If you, if you hit me up, I'll try and do it the next week. Yeah, if you can find uh, it though in the middle of this episode somehow, then we'll jump in and we'll reinsert right, it. Right. But anyways, yeah, I th- feel bad, but you know, it's just, that's all right. Yeah, shit well, happens. You know, you gotta make make sure you message both of us, my dad and I, in case one of us doesn't remember to do it. Right. That way, we both are on it. Um, yep. But we do have one bullhorn from. Ron Kleiss of My Mount Models. So Ron is releasing four new accessory kits, and they'll be available on the website on Friday, which, if you're listening, the website should have it now that this is launched, um, hopefully before our podcast went on the air. But the one is a jib hoist crane, same as you see on the roof for the Sunset Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Stairs with railings. They're all assorted heights and widths. Uh, lo- pretty cool. A loading dock set. Uh, assorted sizes similar to the docks on the Sunrise Warehouse. And the last one is an assembly jig slash, slash fixture for joists, rafters, and stairs. Um, it holds the boards vertical to make the process of decking them easy, spacing for 16-inch and 24-inch centers in HO scale. And he sent us some pictures of them. They look pretty cool. Um, I know he was talking about the the, the rafter and joist template previously with us so that's pretty it's pretty awesome yeah and the laser cut stairs look really cool too laser cut wood stairs and rails yeah i i think it's great i love the template for the uh joist it's i think it's a great idea and uh it's only gonna you know really help it's cool yeah it makes it makes building decking really easy and uh yeah i mean they look awesome also the jib hoist crane is pretty cool for a roof if you have any warehouse buildings or uh, like seaside buildings, mm-hmm. you could use them for like a, along the dock. If you have a, a a roof that's near the edge of a dock, but right. um, yeah, so head on over to mindmountmodels.com. I have a link in the description description for that. Um, again, guys, when we do bullhorn announcements, these are not um, affiliate. They're not. Uh, we're not being paid to do these. These are free advertisements. So if you guys have one, send it to either my dad or myself. And uh, we will give you one read. We won't do it every single week. You get one shot with it because it is free. We don't want you to abuse the bullhorn. Um, but you can send it to my dad or myself either on Facebook Messenger or you can email it to us at uh, either brett at hsgalecustoms.com, todd at hsgalecustoms.com. Um, but make sure you hit us up both oh. in case one of us loses it. I didn't find anything. I I, I, I even checked my, my trash and my email. Hey, look, um, I, I do want to give a shout-out to Jeff um, from – uh, Motrack models. Oh yeah. Uh, I did. I uh, actually, Brett and I. I was down last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Put together uh, one of the one of these wonderful um, drawers uh, for storage drawers, storage things that you can sit on your workbench. It's a workbench. Yours is the module storage. A, I think. Right, module module a. a. It's really cool. It's got a deep drawer on the bottom, or three smaller drawers in the middle, yeah. and then a longer. Short door. It, it's just got. It's got six doors. Yeah. And what's neat is you can turn it upside down either way, and switch the drawers around. So you can put the big drawer on the top. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, or or the other drawers in the middle. So you know, if it's not working out that that big drawer is on the bot on the bottom for you. Yeah. Which I like. Um, hey, you can put I, it on the top. I have the other module which holds like some taller tubes and some uh-huh. tools and paintbrushes, and it has some small drawers. And right. um, now Jeff did give us two of those. 
Um, These are neat. They're tongue and groove, how they fit together. They're sturdy. Uh, and they're sturdy. They're made out of, I don't know what kind of material. It's like the it's same like, material that the um, pegboard's made out of without the yeah, peg, without the holes in it. Yeah. yeah. But oh, um, it doesn't have holes in it. That's why. Yeah. And and it's it fits together real nice. Yeah, I assembled that one. A little glue on and stick them together. I guess wood glue. I assembled just, I assembled that one in about what ten minutes when I was sitting down yeah, here. So. It's really nice. I have it here on my workbench. I'm going to do a little review on it at some point this week when I have time. I'll be uh, yeah. Now those this weekend, but but those, definitely want to do it. And uh, so Jeff, uh, we will pump out. Those uh, are from Motrek models. On these because these are really really cool. But. Yeah, so, so th- those um, heavy duty too, by the way. Those we did get those from Jeff to assemble, um, but I did a YouTube video on the assembly of one. Yeah. Um, but we do love them, so make sure you check those out too. Yeah, we just it just took us a while to assemble the other one for some reason, but absolutely cool. Oh well, we got behind. All right, yeah. So that was Moving our bullhorn of the week, and we did our patrons. So what do you want to get into? You want to do a little bit about um, what we got working on here now? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, on Monday, I did a live. You did, yeah. And um, I did a Facebook live session. On your big deck. For about an hour. Oh, you did a live on your big deck. Yeah, on my deck. Um, I was doing a, um, a boat. Uh, I switched off. I finished up my uh, the boxing gym. Big old tug. Um, uh, with the exception of adding like vehicles on it, which I'm working on. I'm working on a Sylvan pickup truck. And... Uh, it's a two-ton pickup truck by Sylvan. Uh, it's a dump truck, not even a pickup truck. And uh, it's a 1937 two-ton dump truck. So I've been working on that. I'm not real good with vehicles, so I'm taking my time with that. We're just uh, not as – we just haven't done them as much. I think that's just one of those things that, uh, yeah, I haven't done it as much, and, and eventually I'll probably get better at it. But, um, you yeah, know, it's turned out nice. Don't get me wrong. It's just – it's not – Well, I think yeah, – I think with boats, I mean, boats, well, boats too, but I think with vehicles, Dad, we just haven't done a ton of them, so yeah. it's just something that we need to, you can't expect to do only a handful ever and be awesome at them. We got to... No, no, it turned out, it's turned out nice. I mean, I um, I have it all about assembled. I just got to finish touching up the paint and weathering it, but on the, what the heck are you doing? Just ignore me. It sounded like you were licking stamps. I was licking stamps. Uh, out of a, or, or drinking out of a cattle trough. I, I'm and doing now, both, actually, at the same time. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> I, anyways, I'm doing this uh, Seaport Model Works uh, tugboat. It's, um, you know, it's a, uh, what is it? It's a tugboat. 53-foot uh, harbor t- steam tug. And I... Uh, of course, primed all the parts, and then I did the um, all the resin parts. And uh, I decided I was going to work on the in the hull of the boat. Um, I would there's a flat decking uh, for the main deck the main decking of the boat. I don't know all my boat terminology, but by the time I'm done, I might. And I used uh, I did this live on Facebook and um, used like six different types of uh, acrylic paints from uh, AK Interactive from the wood uh, uh, was it old and weathered wood series uh, yeah. of paints and I have both sets uh, the set, set one and set two I'm not real big on them but um, I, you know, I want to use them up and uh, so I use them and what they do is they tend to leave a bit of a shine so everybody on the podcast I mean on the podcast on the um, live video 
on the live show I was doing was uh, writing comments up saying about how uh, the scene is like some of the people were like, oh, it's too much for me. Well, you know what? It's not your model, but. but oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> well, it was shiny, that? though. I thought it was too shiny. It was. It was a little shiny. And uh, so then what I did. You could have was, you could have signaled a plane from 30,000 feet with that damn It's not deck. anymore. And what happened was I used, I used like six or seven different shades of brown and brought out like real wood nice wood tones various wood tones in the decking it looks nice it looks like a you know it looks like a real wood deck and um one that's been used and you know weathered a little bit yeah. but um and then it had a it did have a bit of a shine to it and so what i did was um i have another product that they that they make um let me pull that out and it's called uh matte varnish by ak interactive and i brushed some of that on and it's matte, so it, you know it's dull. Who? So it, matte, M A T T. You're telling that you're saying that everyone named Matt is dull. That's terrible, no, Dad. Matt, Matt oh, oh, oh. Okay, different type and of Matt. Anyways, I brushed <laughs> it on. Sorry, Matts. Uh, Sorry, Matts. That's all right. They understand. Um, I'm pretty dull so, too, though. So. Anyhow, we have. Uh, <laughs> I brushed it on. He's not in the joking mood tonight, guys. I'm in a joking mood. <laughs> okay. I'm not joking. Ah All the men. <laughs> I've oh. said like I've said like four. I've tried to get you. You said all the mats are dolls. I've tried to get you worked up like four times tonight, and you, you've ignored half of them. Now you work me up now. So, anyways, I spread this on, and it it took some of the shine out of it. I'm probably gonna put another coat on, but you'll see that it's not nearly. And I wasn't worried about it. Um, yeah, but. Um, anyhow, it's, uh, the shine's out. It looks like a nice deck, and um, I'm really ready to move on with, <laughs> with a lot of that. And I'll do another live w- with some more stuff on that boat, but um, I want people to see how easy uh, Oh, my so, goodness. You're like a rookie. I know, man. I, I always remember. I always turned this down. I just didn't tonight. And Anyways, I turn my phone down now. Jeez and, Louise. Anyways, I, I, uh, it's like I the first podcast. Down. Holy shit, let me finish. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I'm going to do some more because I want people to see, you know, I don't think there's much out there on doing a resin boat from Seaport Model Works and they have amazing boat kits. Well, and, uh, and they're not difficult. Yeah. They're not. I mean, you guys, it's just got to paint, you know, follow the damn directions. Yeah. It's like anything else. Layers. And, right. Lay, well, it was on that deck, it was layers. It was kind of cool. It was fun to do. But it turned out really. I was very impressed with how it turned out when I was done. So. Yeah. But anyhow. Okay. All right. All right. So that's what I've done. That's okay. what I got going off on my bench. Okay. Um. I have a couple things going on. I still got the terminal build. Um, since we last recorded, I did the uh, Art Deco front for the bus station. Oh yeah. Um, when you saw that when you were down on Sunday, I did. Um, turned out, I thought it looks awesome. Uh, that was like by far. I don't know. Yeah, I say this every time I get to a new part of a build, but that was the most fun part so far. Was that little Art Deco? Mama Wiley's in the room. What? Say hi, Mama Wiley. Yo, Mom, what up? Fred said, "Yo, Mom, what up?" We got to get her on the show soon. She's getting her coat. Out of my room. We got to get her on the show soon. We do. We got to get you on the show soon. She said she knows. 
Okay. All right, we'll work on that. Okay, I'll get that then. All right. Scram. Scram, you. <laughs> shoo, 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 shoo. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, anyways, that's terrible. Um, Love you, Mom. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I, I think each part has become more and more fun as I go, but easily the most fun part I've had so far was the Art Deco front with that cool sign. Yeah. I loved it. It looks really, really nice. But, uh... It definitely looks nice. So, I'm... I'm, I'm what else should I get done? What I do down there? Well, I don't know. I'm not done with my part. You took up 25, 25 minutes talking about your stupid... Your, okay. your, your, what's that? Well, because you... Your Matt Varnish. You spent seven minutes on Matt Varnish alone. Well, Matt Varnish wasn't uh, done. <laughs> you kept interrupting. So, uh, anyway, go ahead. All right. Um... Yeah, so I did. I, I also carved out all of the hillside, which is going to, you know, be the home of the terminal kit. Yeah. So that's all done for the most part. I got to put some, like, um, what do you call it, like retaining walls and stuff, and I got to add some of that, which I'm going right. to use that paper that we love from Foggy Mountain Models. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you, and you gave me the larger brick sheet. I've not had, yeah. I've not had the larger blocks. It's O scale. It's the O scale brick. Yeah, but for a, for a large, for a large, tall retaining wall. Yeah. If yeah, you, Mark Schreier has that down at uh, yeah. Foggy Mountain Models. But yep. if you, but if you look, if you hold it up to a, a regular person, like an HO scale person, it's yeah. not abnormally large for no. a retaining wall. Now or for a, but yeah. for the side of a building it it might be too large of a block. Right. But I get that. but for a large um like civil engineering type wall, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect size. So yeah. And it might yeah, not I, be I like and it. and you know what it might not be perfect. I shouldn't say perfect cuz someone's going to measure it and it's not going to be perfect. But it's perfect for me. But to the eye, you know, to the eye when you want something to look you want to yeah. de- you want to deceive the eye and bring a detail out. The way I think it's going to look is going to turn out to be pretty sweet. So, right. anyways, it's kind of like playing with playing with scale a little bit to to exaggerate certain things, make things right. look a little heavier. Hey, while we're on that, when we were down there. You're sitting right there. What? How did my uh, hillside turn out? That I put the oh, it's good. The, it's uh, all dry. It just needs sanded smooth now. Oh, uh, sweet! So we, um, I mean, finally, all that drywall's dry now. It only took till yeah. Thursday. Yeah, no <laughs> I put it down. I was like, "Well, this will dry by next week, maybe." So, and it has. That's good. Yeah, my yeah, my was, section's dry too. So uh, maybe I'll sand it a little later tonight. But yeah, um, cool. But yeah, so I I got all this all the foundation for the scenery, um, done to go around the mm-hmm. terminal kit. So I got that going, and it looks nice. It's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. Now that I looked at it, I looked at it from the opposite side, looking downhill at the at the terminal where it goes underneath the you know where it goes underneath the bus station area, Mm -hmm. and you can see all the way down through it. Oh yeah. I think I think we're going to use the lighting. I'm going to use the lighting from Bill Sartori from Microlumina. Yeah. And put one or two LEDs underneath the. Um, underneath that, where the buses go in, underneath the terminal, yeah. under the bus station, and light up that that because I did all that work. You know, it's a shame about what I did. I did all that work yeah. for the for the drive through part of the terminal, and because there's a hill behind it, 
it kind of blocks out some of that light that you would normally have looking straight through it because there's right. a, a road behind it that's going up. So I think if I illuminate underneath that terminal, like one or two dim, dimmer LEDs, it's yeah. going to look cool because you're going to see the the weathering from all the mud and muck I have on the concrete walls and yeah. those cool signs and the cool um, chevrons I painted on the wall. Otherwise, you great. Otherwise, you lose it. Yeah. And there's plenty of space in that opening when you take the lid, the roof off the lid, the roof off of that 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 the part roof of the, off the lid. Yeah, when you take the the roof off of that structure, there's plenty of openings where I can fish some wires up through there. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to definitely do that. We're definitely doing that. Cool. But, yeah, so I have that going on. And last night I cracked open the uh, um, 8-Ball Pool building from the yeah, Kid of the Month Club. Yeah, I saw you did that. You so, it up real nice, too. I like it. Yeah, I want to do – and you had mentioned some touch-ups, and I, I'm glad that you said that I – yeah, I wasn't trying to criticize. No, no, I'm glad you did because I. So I even I sent you pictures, and if if you guys are wondering how my dad and I work when we work together, because uh, it's kind of I don't think I think it's kind of a not rare, but it's less common where you're partnering with somebody on a layout. Um, we'll send each other photos back and forth, and every now and then we'll have something where, for the most part, it we don't really correct each other, but every now and then. We'll have something where you kind of don't – you see something that isn't quite right. Yeah. And um, I sent you some pictures and you were like, oh. It looks oh. good though. Well, it's no, but, real good. But you, I sent you some pictures and you were like, oh, that looks awesome. It looks great. And I agreed. But I could tell when I was even looking at it like something isn't right. Like there's just something not right. And oftentimes, and you probably get this way too, when you're working on your own thing, you become yeah. blind to some errors. Right. You know, you don't always see what's wrong, like, immediately when with, with what you're working on. Because it's what you're working on and it's present in front of you. You kind of become blind to your work. Right, exactly. So, when I sent it to you, I knew there wasn't something right with it. Like, it was just something off a little bit. And... You had mentioned, well, maybe you should go back over. I, I What I did was I covered the – I did a white wall with a green border around the bottom about right. whatever, four scale feet high mm-hmm. and uh, a, two-tone, a two-tone wall. And then I took a mud – muddy or dirt or a wood-colored paint – colored paint to make uh, a sponge effect where it made it look like the paint was chipping and there was dirt on the wall – uh, a lot of the modelers you see do that. It's just, yeah, it, it gives and, it a. It was well. It was well done. Yeah, but there was a couple areas where there were large blotches, larger blotches of brown. And they were rounded. The problem is that they, a yeah. couple of the larger ones got a little too round. rounded side. Yeah, they were too round and too big. So and it looked like ah, it looked like somebody in that spot. Somebody took a can of paint and threw it on the wall. Yeah. So you had just suggested to maybe take the original green that I used, mm-hmm. and. Re- go over it real quick, really lightly with a dry sponge and just right. uh, re-blot it with the other color. So, Just a little bit in certain spots. And, and I didn't – like I knew there was something up with it, but once you said that, I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what it was – that's what was bothering me about it. So, I've had to do that many times when I work with sponges where I have to go and dig the original color out and just touch up the little spots. And right. even then, sometimes you overdo that and then you go, oh, you know what? Let's get back a little bit, scale back, so you go back to the others. Right, but what's nice? But what's nice about what we did last night just there is, you and I have a system of uh, checks for each other. Where it's like, 
we can send each other some stuff and go like, oh, what about that corner? What about that thing? What about this? And yeah, nobody gets all butt hurt about it. Or, no, like and that. I even I even said to you, are you sure it looks okay? I just wanted to like. I, yeah. I, I'm not too sure about it. And you were like, well, you could do this. And that was it. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the problem. So, well, like I said, and I hate doing that. You know, I, but I don't, but I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, I liked yeah, what well, you did. I didn't, there was something wrong with what I did. I knew there was something right. up with it. Right. But, like I said, it's, you know, it, it, yeah, and that's the thing. We both do that, and then we don't have to, I don't get butt hurt if you tell me, hey, you know what? Something don't look right. The only time I'll get a real the only time I'll ever like be upset, which I don't think either of us have had to worry about it, is when is if I ever text you something and you text me back and you're like, dude, that looks like absolute horse shit. Like that looks terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? If I came to the point where I would say that to you, I think you would know before I wouldn't even say that to you. Listen, because you know, you both model pretty decent, so it's you know that if I would come back and say, hey, that looks like butt. One of these times, I'm gonna. I'm going to do something on purpose really bad just to send it yeah. to you and just see how you react to it. <laughs> what well, the hell was that? I am. You know how I am. You know how <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even send it to you. I'd be too embarrassed. I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff for you. You know that. Uh, the same way. Yeah. Neither one of us sugarcoat things. It's, it's what it is is what it is. Right. Oh man. Anyways, so that's that's some of the stuff I had working tonight on the layout. I mean, not tonight, but this week. My new favorite beer. What are you drinking? It's Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, I had one last weekend. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So, anyhow. Anyways. But um so it's a uh, yeah, I mean that's I'm really. Uh, I was really happy with uh, what you what you painted there last night. It's, I'm going to work on it a little bit afterwards here too. So, yeah. Um, but. I'm going to actually take one of the patron questions. Um, early, yeah. early. Okay. And it'll just become this week's theme, and then after this is over, then we'll jump into our patron questions of the week. How about that? Well, yeah, you know, I thought we took talk about music, but go ahead. Well, you can do your music. You can do your music. I'm going to find this, and then we're going to go backward. Then we'll go back to this topic. This will be our theme of the week. What? Oh, I got I got a new kind of tool thing that I'll talk about. Well, okay, do your music, and then we'll do our tools, and then we're going to go into the theme of the week. Okay. Damn it. I just want to do this. Que- this right. is such a cool question. I like. This is going to end up being – this is going to be funny. I okay. So you go, and then I'll go with our musics, and then you go with your tool. I'll go with my tool, and then we're gonna jump into this one because this one's good. Well, I thought we were doing this one first. Okay, that's fine. Do the music. Oh, music! Damn it! Into Texas hippie coalition, and that is my new thing lately. I've been really into Texas hippie coalition. What kind of music is that? Because I've not, I've never heard of that. Texas. Yeah, I'm not sure what they call kind of that. concerned about this, and um, <laughs> it's it's kind of like um, let me see, what do they describe it as here on the music channel? Trash? Uh, no, it's trash. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's heavy, man, but it, it's kind of like metal with um, uh, it's kind of like I don't know what. 
it's 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 a red dirt metal sound they call it. Mm. So it's kind of like a Texas metal, you know what? You, yeah, it's like a southern fried metal. Hmm. You know, it's good. I like it. Hmm. And uh, the one song called "Dirty Finger." So um, wow, this is really going south quick. <laughs> it's just a real. It's one of the Okay. So I'm not gonna, I'm not recommending it uh, uh, that kids, younger kids, listen to this. <laughs> All so, right. But, so the uh, kiddies out yeah. there listening, don't right, don't right, look yeah. that one up. We don't we don't care about kiddies anyways. We spur on our show, and we're not really here to cater to the kids. And we've talked about that before. Um, so done with that. So yeah. Okay. It's a good. I, I I just been into it for the last couple of weeks. To yeah. Month. No. No one's judging you. And you don't I'm, need, not asking, I'm not saying anybody. You don't need to defend it. And I like it. I'm not defending it. Okay. It's what I've been into lately. All right, dirty finger. And, uh, let's see if there's anything else on here that I've been listening to is recents, but it's uh, no, it's just that's it. It's been that. It's been that pretty much. Okay. So well, I, I do have. Uh, I recently was listening to SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, I'm sorry. The- what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had your granddaughters in the car. Oh, they, they so it messed up. It the, messed up your recommended one music. Of the granddaughters were singing SpongeBob song, and uh, so we put it on the radio on the way to it, when it, we went I, when I took them out on Saturday. Did it change? Did it change your recommended t- music now? No. Uh, no. See what the problem is with kids like that when you have yeah. them on your when you have them on your. <laughs> You're like using your YouTube account to like search for stuff yeah. to just keep them entertained for a little bit. The problem with that is eventually, um, you know, YouTube will, if you do it enough, like if you're going on a long trip and you have them watching uh, uh, blippy videos, if you guys have small kids and you know what blippy is, you know the headache that that causes. But, anyways, um, you know. When you search it enough, it changes all your recommended videos. So no longer am I getting my all the stuff I want to watch on my normal channels. I'm getting all these kids ones now. So, anyways. So anyways, I was listening to that, and they were like, "Keep playing it, play it again, play it again." The whole drive. Yeah. Then so. you know your ears bleed about halfway down the road. Yeah. And you're good. Yeah, and, I, and then we get into that place. We went to the the, the ice cream plant place. Yeah, yeah. For a tour, uh, Turkey Hill Ice Cream Plant. And um, that was cool, but but then after we get in there, uh, the whole the first fifteen minutes or so we're in there, I'm humming that in my head. It never ends. Like SpongeBob song. It never yeah. ends. Yeah. Anyhow, moving on. Okay. What are you listening to? I'm listening to uh, two new bands. Yeah. And then I got one that's really funny that I just gotta I gotta talk about, and we're gonna have a good laugh about this. Okay. Okay. All right. The Two of my new bands that I like, and I've sent you one in the past, uh, Motionless and White. Uh-huh. It's like a kind of a, I don't even know what genre they are. They're kind of metal. Um, Motionless and White. Yeah, I sent you a okay. few of them in the past. You liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a more of a, it's a metal band. Metal band. Okay, gotcha. That, them and a band called Falling in Reverse. Uh, I've been into like this metal, screaming metal uh, core kind of music lately. So, uh I don't know, just my mood I've been in, I guess. Who knows? Right, right. But, uh, you know, sometimes I just like to get that, like, blood-pumping, metal-heavy stuff going. But yeah, I got that. I've been listening to that pretty heavy on my rotation the last week at work. Even at work, I've been having it in my headphones. So That's cool. Just been obsessed with it lately. And I want to talk about uh, a long-forgotten um, 
but everyone knows this song. But it, you know, it's everyone knows the song, but no one knows the artist. The guy gets no. He's like Rodney Dangerfield. He don't get any respect. Huh. Gary Glitter. Oh no. Rock and roll part and two. Roll. <laughs> yep. So have you ever listened to? So everyone knows the famous. Yeah, you had me listen to rock and roll. I know. Part one. I know, but listen. Everyone, everyone listens to part two, and they don't right. know, and they don't know it. In yeah. fact, they probably don't even know that the song's called "Rock and Roll," right. because they're at a sporting event or whatever, and the song plays. They know the tune, they know yeah. the, they know it, but they don't know it's Gary Glitter, and they don't know that it's maybe most people don't know that the song's called "Rock and Roll Part Two. Right now, the guy originally wrote a song called "Rock and Roll." And it might be the worst song ever made. It's awful. <laughs> totally good. Man. It was awful. Rock and roll. Yeah. Rock, rock and roll. It's so bad. It is so bad. Holy hey. It's worse than Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA. This, I will give. Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA. I will give. My dad and I are the least. We are Bruce Springsteen. Whatever, where are Bruce Springsteen's least fans or least favorite fans, whatever you want to call that? It's the same crap over and over and over. But again. I will give Bruce Springsteen one thing: he's better than Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? So is SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> but think about this now: how bad must it feel for Gary Glitter? He wrote originally. He wrote. But he, what's that? (laughs) To listen to our podcast. No, but how bad does Gary Glitter have to feel that the original rock and roll song that he wrote didn't get any traction? He didn't care. And part two, part two, which literally has no lyrics, made him famous. (laughs) He doesn't care. He didn't care as long as he got the money, man. But anyways, do yourself a favor. I can't play that on the show because I don't want to pay any royalties. Just look up Gary Glitter Rock and Roll, not part two, part one. And just maybe, maybe do yourself a favor and don't and do it. Don't. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Oh, Gary Glitter. Okay. Who would have ever thought that there would be a model reverting podcast out there talking about um, building a large craftsman craftsman structure and then listening to Gary Glitter? I don't know, man. You know what? I'm going to play him um, on my way to work tomorrow, my entire drive. Great. And then I'm going to so, s- get out of my car and scream into the air because I don't know why I did it to myself. So, anyways, we're... Uh, All right, moving on. We're getting... Um, so, the, let's do a tool of the week. Well, it's it's kind of... It's not like a tool you would go buy, per se. Oh, okay. Okay, it's... This will be good. Well, you could, but your mom... Your mom brings me in these containers. Uh, and, and they're they're neat because this, they seal up nice. Um, what kind of containers are they? When she finishes uh, a, bo- a prescription. Oh. The little prescription pill bottles. Yeah. Some of them are big. Some of them are the big prescription pill bottles that hold hundreds of, bo- hundreds of pills. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, longer. That, that is, some lo- of the smaller ones, uh, they're all real nice because you can put little tiny parts in them, and they're they're pretty cool, and you can relabel them and whatever. Um, you can put liquids in them, and they don't necessarily uh, do real great with that. But the nice thing, is nice. <laughs> you can put liquids because in them, but you know they're, they're probably going to leak. <laughs> well, no, they're childproof caps, and and so you know. It, sometimes I know when I'm working with stuff, and I don't have any children here at the house. Except for the infants. What the hell? Is Caps wrong just scored, you? baby. Oh, Your okay. favorite player. Oh no, Carl Hagelin. Oh, really? Yeah, he just scored a goal. Anyways, all right, back on track. These containers are neat because they're childproof caps, so they're not going to worry about. You know, you know, you put something in and put the cap on. You don't have to worry about the cap popping off or working at your workbench. You knock it over, and next thing you know, the the parts are missing and things like that. It's in there. It's good. Yeah, you know, they're very nice. They, they seal things up real nice. Um, she also brings these other bottle. They're glass containers. Ooh. And she has, um, she uses a, a daily probiotic supplement, and um, it's uh, called Flora. We don't need to get into all that. <laughs> they're little glass bottles. Okay. Anything that holds medical, like pills or or medicine in, yeah, like that, it's gonna be real nice because it has, you know, lids that lock on. A secure lid. Have, right. Yeah. Exactly. I I like them. You don't I have to worry about dropping them and the lid pops off and you shoot detail parts everywhere and. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good one. I'm just saying. So. Um. And, and that's one of the things that that that, uh, that I've been. Yeah, it's good to have. Mm-hmm. So, that's it. Good. My tool of the week is not yeah. necessarily. Uh, well, it's not a tool. Well, you know what? I'm going to expand upon yours, and then I'm going to go into what I got. Um, the I want to expand upon what my dad said. The other thing that's good for model railroading, as far as uh, containers and stuff that you can recycle and reuse. Um, the Parmesan cheese sprinkle containers. Oh, yeah. Or the mozzarella, craft mozzarella cheese or Parmesan cheese. They're green. They got green lids. Um, yeah. I think the craft ones have blue lids or whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, but, they have the sawdust. Or, what's that? Because they have sawdust? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you ever hear that story about the sawdust and the, cra- and, the, and the grated cheese at the grocery store? No. Did you ever hear about the story about the, the craft singles that aren't really made out of cheese and they melt like plastic when, <laughs> oh, you, when you light them with a lighter? Nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do what when you melt? When you so if you, take, if you take a craft single, if you take a yeah. piece of real cheese, first of all, and you'll appreciate this being from the deli, you know the difference between real cheese and craft singles, right? So, craft singles, you light one with a lighter and get it, you ignite it, it melts, yeah. it melts. Remember when I was in Boy Scouts and we used to burn plastic on a yeah. stick and it would drop like napalm? Right. Well, it does the same thing. The craft uh, singles does the same thing. It, it, it becomes like liquid napalm and it drips all over the place. So it's, like, so it's made of plastic. I don't know what it's made of, but it ain't cheese. It's, a, it's called dairy... <laughs> It's when you look at the product on a craft single, it's called dairy product. It's not called cheese. No, that's true. It's called like dairy pro craft dairy product. Did you ever it, have it in your but, refrigerator? But I got when you go when 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 you when you light there was a guy on YouTube who did an experiment with it. Yeah. When you when you do the same thing and you hold a lighter to a real piece of cheese, yeah. it just melts. Yeah. It doesn't do it doesn't drip liquid hot molten liquid plastic everywhere. <laughs> 
Did you ever notice? Uh, I mean, we have one at work. We have a packet of it at work. I don't know whose it is. In our it never expires. Kitchen. Um, but it's been in there for ages, and it it's the never same. looks any different ever. No, it does. It's it never stale and never anything. It's perfectly. It's like I don't even know if it needs to be in a refrigerator. It's. The- <laughs> <laughs> I, I might go in there. I, I might go in there next day. My next day to work, and I go into work tomorrow. It's. I'm, I think I'm going to take the. I think I'm going to take it out and sit on the counter and see how long it goes. It's Nobody's the, eating the damn thing. It's the Twinkies of cheese. Somebody will bitch that. That was mine. That was my cheese. What gave you the right to put my cheese on the counter? It's well, after it's been sitting in there for a year and a half. Those Kraft singles are the they're the Twinkies of cheese. Yeah. They'll never go bad ever. They'll never go bad. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to It doesn't even taste like cheese. They don't. They don't taste like cheese. You've had real cheese. You, you I've had. You know. Yeah. I know. We're kind of. I. I don't know. I consider myself not a cheese snob, but I like yeah. appreciate a good cheese. Right. Right. And that might be because of where you know we used to have the deli. Right. And when I eat a craft single, I'm like, ooh, this feels. I feel like I feel dirty eating a craft single. Yeah. <laughs> I've never felt. There's never been a proud moment in my life where I'm like. <laughs> I'm really proud to eat this crap. <laughs> let me unwrap my New Yorker brand. Let me let me un let me unwrap American cheese. Let me unwrap my individual piece of cheese. What's <laughs> the natural cheese? Give me that. Let me unwrap my individual piece of cheese from this recycled grocery bag and done off. I'll spray some cheese in my mouth. I'll, I'll I'll spray it with whirl. I'll make my grilled cheese with my craft single and a and some whirl. Actually, whirl's awesome. Whirl but, actually uh, makes things taste better. It does. But craft. But we're getting way off topic. Yeah, well, let's get off the cheese. All right, let's get back on. Let's get back <laughs> on track. We're gonna soon make the um, Wiley's Cheese podcast up next. Okay, so what but, you have, uh, we have? Um, oh, the next yeah, thing I have. Your product storage. Your- this isn't a modeling specific product, but oh, it's okay, storage. Yeah. So we recently bought some Plano um, plastic Plano shelving. Yeah. What's that? Well, we're trying to organize a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? So I, honestly, I tonight I'm recording from the new and improved and newly cleaned podcast corner, right next to my water heater that just turned on. But um, <laughs> but uh, I'll clean that audio up in the uh, editing stage. You, can you hear the water heater, Dad? I can, yeah. Oh, great. Anyways. Well, you don't ever hear it in a podcast. Talk but... about the damn product. So, with all this cheese, my brain's all over the place now. But anyways. <laughs> so, I spent my almost my entire weekend last weekend cleaning our area where I work. And where we work when my dad comes down. And it is a night and day compared to what it used to be. So... Um, I'm broadcasting from the newly cleaned Bench Time Podcast Corner, but it's only newly cleaned because I ordered some Plano Tackle Box brand plastic shelving, and uh, they're like the four or five tier shelves. It's like four or five feet tall, and uh, you got them on Amazon for like twenty bucks a pop. Um. And they're great because I got everything off the floor. Weird stuff that we had. Weird boxes and crates we had on the floor. Now they're all on the shelf. Stored vertically. Clears up a whole bunch of floor space. Got a lot more room down here. Down there. I don't feel like I'm tripping over shit. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it, it cleaned up a lot of room for us. It feels like it's a whole new area because it, we've got three times the amount of floor space now. Right. So uh, this is not a modeling-specific thing, but I definitely recommend picking up some cheap and sturdy plastic shelving. Um, it's made by we the... We can't talk enough about stories. It's Everybody made, loves to talk about that. Right, and these are made by Plano, so they're not like yeah. they're not like chintzy. Um, sometimes there's plastic shelving that you get at like Big Lots or Ollie's. Um, or bargain stores can be a little cheaper plastic. These are heavy yep. duty. These are heavy duty. They're 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 a good brand. They're Plano. I have some other Plano ones I've had up here for a couple of years now. They're not sagging in the middle or chipping or cracking. They're good. They're good shelves. So, yep. That's my little plug on on shelving. Oh. All right. Uh, let's jump into our. This technically was a patron question. So I will say it is a patron topic, but this is going to be our theme of the week before we get into our patron questions. Sure. So, here we go. This one Got is it. from Scott Perry. And Let's I'm glad it. you opened a beer just now for this one because this one's going to be a doozy. Okay. What drives you crazy the most about the other Wiley when you are working together? This, I got one. This is like an atom bomb. Oh, yeah. Here we oh. go. Here we go. <laughs> Do I go first? Oh, yeah. Go first. Well, we us- I usually go to Brett's house to work on the layout because that's where it's located. So he'll call me up and say, hey, Dad, you got to come down. Come down here to, you know, Saturday or Sunday, whatever. We'll go, you know, let's get some bench time in, you know, some work time on the layout time you know and uh, I'm like yeah yeah let's, uh, let's do that so I'll come down there and I'll start working something now it hasn't been lately which is good but I'm there to work on the layout and one of the things that irritates me when I'm down there to do it is while I'm doing that you're working on your bench on a on a building structure and my feeling has always been that we can do that anytime on our own at home you know, yeah. But when we're together, we could be working on the layout. Yeah, and that's one of the things that irritates me. Okay. You said that, you know, and it's not—it's not a bad thing. It's just, a, and it hasn't been lately. It was a while, or the last—you know—the last month or two, you haven't been doing that when we've been down there. But um, before that, you were. You were working on just like whatever well, structure you were working on. Yeah. And I'm down there working on the layout. Well, I'll defend myself on that one now. Okay, go ahead and defend yourself. So, obviously, being busy and having kids, obviously, I don't even get down here as much as you do to build. That's a good point. So, I sometimes I just wanted to work on a structure because that was in the middle of my project. Okay. Now I do understand also from the from your side of view I do I mean from your point of view I do understand like hey we should be working on the layout together you know what I mean so I get it I get it there's both sides of the story right all right I'm not trying to be a dick no be a dick be a dick (laughs) this is what the whole point of this question was I mean I'm that's just we're just peeling back the layers on this one way to go man we're just peeling back the layers baby we're gonna get good on we're gonna get into the nitty gritty on this one. <clears throat> when we're working together, my one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm and and this is probably the same way for you for me. When I'm working on something and I'm obviously like really intent 
and I'm oh, really I, and I'm really like everyone's done it. You, you're really into what you're that thing, whatever that your thing. Like you're just you, you finally hit a groove with that whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah, and um, you're right. I'm I'm in, I'm in I'm in the mode, and I don't want to be bothered, and I'm hitting a really good like flow with my work, and then all of a sudden you go. Hey, come check out this. <laughs> and I don't respond to it. I don't respond in right away. I know, I and I'm work because I'm working on something, damn it. And I'm trying to fing get this done. Oh, I'll get that one out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get good tonight. <laughs> but I'm trying to get this thing done and you're like I ignore I heard you the first time and I don't I gotta get this thing done. So I'm I continue yeah. working, I don't reply. Heads down, I'm working on it, and then like a minute or two later, you're like, "Hey, yo, come over here, check this thing out." And I'm like, I look, I look up, and I go, "Oh yeah, yeah, give me a minute." And I'm working on something, <laughs> working on something, and then what do you know? Like five or so minutes later, you're like, "Hey, man, you really gotta, you really gotta come over here and check this out. Look at this. I'm so, oh, look at this. It's awesome." And then eventually, you're like, ah, "I gotta put this down and get to work on that over there now." You're right, and and then you do the same thing to me. I do the same thing to you. Yeah, but you it's know, like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> your opinion on something, you know? Because I don't want to go any further. And the other so person you to come over and look at it. From I know a certain angle. And the other, and like, well, the, kind of. But here's the thing: I always ask you at the wrong time, and you're like in the middle of like putting down plaster. I got plaster all over my hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but or or the other thing, it, it's funny because it's like the person that's asking is acting like if that person doesn't come over here and look at this right now, I cannot continue to work at all. Like and this is a stopping point in my work. Yeah. But then the person that's working is like, you're seriously going to make me stop to come over here and look at this stupid yeah. handrail you just put on Christ. <laughs> and I know I do that. Man. We, I do it too. We both do it. It's cause you know why you do it is cause you're so proud of that thing. Cause it looks awesome. Yeah. And you're like, I got to show him right now. And the only two people that are actually see our layout like that, like we do is us. Yeah. You know, well, our, if I, if I do that to my I wife, my wife to come up and say, Oh, what do you think of this? She'll go, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, so I know. It's a long way. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah. You're hardly even about that. And I do get you excited know? when I see it, but it, but it, yeah. But the thought of being in a groove and stopping my mojo when I'm working is like, ah, man, I just got started. Yeah, I get that. I just got in a groove. So that's one of my pet peeves. What about you? You got another one? Um, Anything. These could be fun, man. We can rip into each other. I don't care. Wow, pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, just, I do. There's well, no feeling. the music while working down the layout. Oh. <laughs> And uh, I like you and I share a lot of the same musics. We are very, very, we're very um, into. We're uh, very well. The same, very much the same kind of music. Yeah, we're uh, very. And that's really unusual for somebody who's well, you know, thirty and somebody who's fifty-five. I think that also but, comes from being you and I are both very um, diverse with our music tastes. Yeah, like you can so, listen. You can listen to something that you don't necessarily love. Yeah. And recognize it as like, oh, well, they're pretty talented at what they're doing. Yeah, right. And, and so, anyways, I don't have an issue with your music. It's not a matter of that. You, you can put on pretty much whatever kind of music you like. Here's the problem. <laughs> I get in to listen to a song, and I'm like, you're in it. And all of a sudden, halfway through the song, I switch it. the damn thing off and another song. And I'm like, you can't jump to that song, man. He switched the song on me. And you're the one that says, oh, listen to this. 
So you're like listening to it, and I'm like getting into it, and then next thing you know, you're like, oh, well, here, listen to this one. I'm like, I listen to the last one, man. I do that to my wife, too. Right. Yeah, that's annoying as hell. That's that's a that's a life problem. Yeah. That's not that's not even a modeling problem. I do that my entire life. I've been doing that. Yeah. You know what it is? Is because I I love. You get bored. You here's what it is. You get bored too easily. I even do. Even with a good song, you listen to a good song. You don't listen to it all the way through because halfway through you're bored and you need to move on. It, it's almost it's almost like ADD with with music. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. When you when you listen to when you go to watch a movie, do you watch the movie entirely through? Yes. Okay. Some people can't. Some people have to pause it and see it another night. No, no, no. If I'm in a movie, if I watch a movie, I'm like in it. If I've yeah. if I've if I've sat down and I've said tonight I'm watching that movie. I've now I've now committed my life for yeah. whatever. I'm I've committed the next hour and a half to 2 hours of my life to to that story and I'm going to watch yeah. it through. Did you ever rent or watch a movie and it sucks? And then you but you you don't realize it sucks until you're like 30 minutes into it, but you know you still got another hour. Because you paid for it? And and because you paid for it? Paid for it. And you feel obligated to, even if I didn't pay for it, I've sometimes been obligated to watch the movie because I've invested half an hour of my life. I think with the, the, um, you know, the the ease of switching what you're watching with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever streaming service you have, it's really easy to go, Ah, this movie sucks, and then like back oh, out and watch another one. Yes. That's different. Yeah, but if I go to the, like the store and I rent one, I, don't, I haven't done that in probably five I, years. Or, okay, well, or if I <laughs> if I rent one off of um, if I if I go on like so like for stream one that I paid for for yeah. for instance like you know YouTube movies or Google movies if you, if I pay two ninety nine if I pay three dollars to watch a movie, right. and it's like real shitty. You feel like obligated. Well, I'm going to get my $3 worth, damn it, yeah. and I'm going to watch that movie. I went from that Redbox, and it's like a buck ninety-nine. You still go and, to Redbox? Uh, for a blue- yeah, man. You oh get a Blu-ray God. for a buck ninety-nine. What I a mean, sad life. whatever it is. Huh? <laughs> what a sad little life. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, go to the, I go to the grocery store. They had the, boot, the, the kiosk there. You, you get them. And yet you end up going back to the grocery store anyways the next day. So you might as well take it back because you, you always forget something at the grocery store. You need something the next day at the grocery store. So you might as well just go. I just Amazon you know? it. Well, anyway. Oh, we forgot toilet paper? I'll just get it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Well, I'm talking about movies, not toilet paper. Well, no, so but you're saying you got to go back to the grocery store. Well, okay, whatever. I drive by the freaking grocery store every day. Anyways. My way home. I so, get it. Anyways, I get it. I get it. It's on my way. So I just stop in. takes two seconds. I spent two bucks to get a movie that cost me five bucks if I stream it or six bucks if I stream it. Well, so, you need to get on Google Google Movies. Okay. So anyhow, whatever. Let's move on. We're going off topic. Yeah. Anyways, what's another pet what else, peeve of mine? What else irritates you about me? Oh, man. What irritates me about you? <laughs> that sounds so bad. What's that about the music? Uh, about you or about modeling? I will just stick uh, to the hobby. Other than me <laughs> everything in the workshop and uh, oh, I got one. I got one. Busting and, things, and you know that this well busting things. Thank, uh, thank. Well, I'm gonna. This isn't really. This isn't really relevant anymore. 
But uh. we used to have those little ceramic lights in my basement that hung from the uh. beam. And yeah. and like every single time you came to my house, you'd I'm not six foot two, man. You'd, you'd, I'm in the basement. It's a low ceiling. <laughs> you gonna bang my head in this? It's thing. not a low ceiling. There's just two beams that are low. Hey, hey, there are two beams with a freaking light up <laughs> from them. So your head, you know? your head would clear the beam. Your head doesn't clear the light hanging from the beam. But uh, he he would come over and he would. This is a side note. He would come over, like, literally every time he came over, he'd bang his head off one of these ceramic lights I had hanging from my ceiling. So finally, we re- I recessed fluorescent lights up higher into the ceiling so he couldn't hit them anymore. But here's my one... I got one... I'll air a grievance out. Nothing bothers me more. Well, there's a few things. But when you're down here and... I know that you have limited, uh, you have less time to work on the layout than I do because it's in my house. Correct. Yeah. But I look over and you're on your phone, and I'm like, "Get to work, damn it!" You I don't, don't get on that. <laughs> There's sometimes I'm looking over and then you're like, "Usually it's me taking a picture or sharing something." And then for, you're checking your group. feed and you're checking it for comments and you're doing this, and I'm uh, like, "God damn, get back to work, get back to work over uh, there." I can see where I might do that. You know, <laughs> and it's not. It's just, it's not even your fault. I blame it on how technology sucks us in. Not just you, everyone does it. There's sometimes, well, I also no, wanna, but there's I also sometimes, interact with our people. And I don't get a chance to do that during the week. My thought is you can do that when you get home after you posted it. But, yeah. but, but I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty because there's sometimes when I'm down here and I'm sitting at my workbench and I'll post a photo of what I'm working on and then like I'll find out like 25 minutes later I've been just sitting down here staring at my phone. So it, it's it's not your it's not your fault because I think everybody does that. It's something that 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 you can't deny that the the technology and the apps that we use are designed to draw us oh, yeah. in to spend more time oh, yeah. on the app. So yeah, you're mindlessly sitting here going, oh, and then you why, realize it, and you go, oh shit, I could be working on this. Yeah, but but it's it's the fault My of glue's dry. Already. It's the, the fault of glue I made dry. It's the fault of the um, user experience designers for these apps yeah. that we use. Because sure. they're intentionally trying to draw you into their app. Yeah. So, anyways, that's one of my pet peeves. And I do the same okay. thing. So, it's a pet peeve of mine, too, that, uh, for so myself. What other questions we got? Let's move along. Oh, you don't have any more bitches? All right. Nah, but you know what? We spent enough time on that. Oh, okay. All right. a lot of questions, too. We do. And there's a hockey game going on. It's still the first period, baby. Okay. One enough. It's 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Sorry about that. I belched. All right. So that was from Scott Perry. Scott Perry has another one. Okay. Best ideas for getting a non-model railroader into the hobby. Now, oh, just by the way, before we go any further. So that, people, what you just experienced and listened to was two adult grown men being able to tell one another. Oh, there's one other thing. Sit out of them without the other ones getting mad. We don't care. There's and a, that's why you should be carefree in this hobby yeah. and not worry about stupid stuff. There's one other one. Say, we are very we have very thick skin to begin with. So we can sit down there and call each other all kinds of names as father and son. It's just probably wrong anyways. Nah, it's ways. not wrong. It's a but, healthy. It's healthy. But uh, but we but we we can do that and we're yeah, we came from like I said, we both came from I worked a part of good portion of my life at a hockey rink where just about anything is said and you're called just about every name in the book yeah. in the game. 
and, and I spent as a referee, as a player, as yeah, everything. And I spent. And, and you grew up as a rink rat. I spent two thirds with hockey players. Yeah, I spent two thirds of my life, of my in young thirty-year-old life, living uh, yeah. around a hockey rink. Yeah. So I've I've learned and to grow grew, tough and skin. I never assumed you away from the adults that are there because in fact you used to play with the adults that were there. And um and, and well, so I never yeah. shielded you from them yeah. and what they said and, and I had you on some of the on some of those teams that traveled that were adults. It was it you was stick boy and everything else. So you were in locker rooms, you heard yeah. every dirty story and yeah. I never shielded you from that. Just so, learn the hard way. Know, you do. But, I mean, you grow. You, you grow a thick skin. You really do. But anyways, yeah. There's one other. Bro- the there's, there's one last Our hobby. Should be that. one last bitch I have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> there's times, um, and I don't know how to word this other, without being gross. Oh boy. There's times I'll be. Well, what's that? I can't help it. I can't help it. There's, there's times you let it out. It lets out. There's yeah. times when we'll be Sorry. working down here, and I'll and I'll be, I'll walk over to do something where I'm working, and I'm like, like I just walked into a wall of ass. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and you don't even say anything. Like, hey, don't come down here for a couple minutes, man. You don't have to, you don't give me any warning. I just walk into this cloud of shit. And it's like, God, Dad, just let me let me know next time. Just, oh, my gosh. Just let me know you did it. And I won't come down for ten minutes. <laughs> I'll stay I'll stay over here for ten minutes. And, you gotta and, warn. and I'll start warning you, I'll man. let it. I get warning, you don't think about it. You just... I'll, you do it. You're like, ah, you know what? I'll just, right. I'll just let it dissipate. I'll let it dissipate, and I'll come back to that corner later. <laughs> Anyways, it's bad timing, man. It's just bad. Timing. <laughs> it's never you good know? timing. It's I never. You're it, gonna be down there. Next thing you know, you let out. Next thing you know, you come up, and you're, I'm like, oh, it's geez, never good timing away. because even when you're like in public and you're like in a store and you're like, that was the grossest damn thing we've ever. <laughs> oh no! There's been a couple other instances. Other close ones, but that was pretty bad. All right, all right. Let's, let's move go, on. Let's get the questions. I had to get you all for that, so let's go. Next one is from Scott Perry. Best ideas for getting a non-model railroader into the hobby. I got one. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it's from a craftsman standpoint, show them the show them the art behind it. Yeah. So maybe it's somebody that appreciates the art of what we do and understands that there's time and 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 maybe they'll never want to do what you do, but at least getting them interested in it. Yeah. I've had a lot of my friends um they'll probably never have a layout in their life. Right. But I've had a lot of my friends get interested in it, maybe not mm-hmm. into the hobby, but they get interested in what I do and they ask yeah. me about it. Not from a standpoint of like, oh, well, I'm friends with this guy that does this weird modeling stuff. I better ask him how his weird modeling stuff's going on. It's more yeah. like they're they're actually intrigued by what we do, and they follow it. They follow our page. They follow what I'm putting online. Yeah. They follow everything. And yeah. and yeah. it's and it's only from an, a pure interest point of view. Like they're just like fascinated by it. You know who I got friends that do that too. You know who they are? They're contractor friends. Guys yeah. that work as contractors. Construction guys. I, yeah, yeah, they're like really into that. Construction you know, guys like my stuff, and I've got a few. Friends. I've got I mean, a few friends. From, my personal people that I that I see every day. Yeah, and I've got a few friends from high school that were. Um, they went into um, like design 
or yeah. they went into uh, not. Con- I mean, I have some construction buddies too that are into it too. But I've got a few friends that are also into like architectural design or yeah. or artistic stuff. Like um, yep. you know, they do they do commercial art and okay. things like that, and they're just they're intrigued by it because they know that there's a passion involved with it. And they might never, they'll probably never get into the model railroading, but they, they religiously follow what my dad and I do because they just love the art of it. Yeah. And the craftsmanship. Yeah, I, I find that as well. Yep. Yeah. In fact, we've got a few people on our Instagram page that follow us who are like fly fishermen that tie their own flies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gone through our followers list mm-hmm. a bunch of times and I found a lot of people who are into like, um, Small, small hand, like small scale craftsman hobbies, not what we do, but I consider a fly fish. Shipbuilding people. Yeah. I've noticed some shipbuilders. Shipbuilders. But that's a pretty cool. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that tie flies that follow us on Instagram um, and they, they have their own fly tying channels. And I think it's because it's that small detail yeah, and and they're working with something. Well, they know what you're putting. Yeah, in. they know the love and the art that goes into it. So, yeah. um, I think just showing people the art and the passion you have for something, if they really respect you, Scott, they're gonna become more into what you do, and maybe you can convert a few people into model railroading that way. Um, I think the other cool thing, uh, if anyone that has a parent, and you can speak to this dad because you had me, um. I see a lot of people who are having younger children now that are my friends who are interested in it because they see it as a way that they can do something with their children, um, whether their kids are in Boy Scouts or uh, they, they're exposed to um, model railroading through a uh, whatever, a Boy Scout event or a, um, an outing like a church event or a men, like a, like a retreat kind of thing and uh it's a cool way for i think another cool idea to get people involved in it is maybe you were once a model railroader if you're listening to this and now you have children um to get your kids involved is a cool way to show them like yeah it's it's a cool thing that we can do at home together and we can pass this on to you uh we can pass that on together to our children who they might never do it when they're adults, but at least they'll have that memory like when they're older. Like, yeah, I went down in dad's basement and we used to work together on stuff and I got to watch him build some things. And right. and there's nothing cooler than when I'm, when I'm working on stuff and I take it upstairs to work on my TV tray and my kids, who are not definitely not model railroaders, uh-huh. go, what are you building? What are you painting? Are you painting? What are you doing? What are you painting? And they just stand at the edge of my TV tray and they yep. watch me paint. Well, like, on Saturday you had girls over here. Yeah. And I had the the boxing gym on the on the low TV tray, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. And normally it's stuff sitting on my workbench, and I had it on the TV tray when they came walking in the room, and and the older daughter, the, the older granddaughter, she was uh, pointing at all these different things on there, on all the little detail pieces, and she's like, "I like that. What? That's a clothesline. Dude, what did you make that out of?" Okay, she was asking me questions. And Aud- that's the first Audrey time did that. she's ever done that. You know, Audrey did that, know right? What they were, ma- yes, yeah. And she wanted to know what they were made of, and what they, you know, what the, uh, yeah, the younger one was. Yeah, you know, she is. A, she wasn't even. She came in and she goes, "Happy." 
and then, she <laughs> and then she ran down the hall with her arms swinging like a crazy person. Down oh the yeah, hall. that was that was her. And the older, the older one, um, you know, she was asking legitimate questions, asking what I made it out of, and um, you know, is that made up? What the, what are those clothes that are on the clothesline made out of? You know, and and um, you know. What's you know? She was very, very fascinated with it. I got a hot dog vendor on the street corner with an umbrella cart. I was in and there when she was asking about that. Yeah, and she was asking like, "What's in the box?" And you know, "What did you make that out of?" And uh, are those real wheels? Or what the what the wheels made out of? And I was like, "Wow, really? Who is this?" And um, and that's great. Well, I mean, and- that's that's what they that passion is. You know, it may never turn into a, something that no. she wants to do. But, you know, at least she's intrigued. And I think if you get an older kid that you can explain it deeper to, they may they may be able to jump into that. I know right. I did with you. I was, you know, I I stopped doing it before, when you were when you were born. OK. And then I I told you about it and showed you some photos when you were younger. And there's books. And there's books. And then. You said you'd like to get into it, so I took you and I took you to some shops where we could buy the stuff, and we bought a couple kits. And I, I sat there and I showed you how I did it. And, I think my first know, one, I think my first kit I ever built, right, was, um, and you might remember this one. I don't remember the brand that made it, but it was a Lowe's movie theater. Lo, not Lowe's like the the home improvement that, store. What's that? I know what you mean. It was, yeah. it was a plastic kit, but it was L O E W S movie theater. Right. And we but we painted a few things like that. And, yeah. And then eventually we got you uh, a, a hotel. What was that hotel? It was the um it was uh it was from the Bachman Spectrum. Yeah the, the big yeah. buildings. Yeah, and we made a couple of really cool hotels. Oh, we made the uh DPM We uh, did a couple DPMs. We did the DPM with all the row of homes. What do they call that one? The, the one everybody has. Tenant, tenants row? No. Well, we did that Merchants one Merchants row? Merchants row. Yeah. And we did that, and I showed you how to you know, paint those details and stuff. And you you were probably 13 or 14 when we did it. And uh, you got into it, and you did real well with it. And uh, you had a whole box full of stuff. We didn't have a layout. And I, the, the bug caught, and I think that was what it takes. It takes you, you know. It took me taking you to a hobby shop too, and and I think the parent has to deal with that. One, you know, the the person, the modeler himself, whether it's a, you're dealing with a kid or if you're dealing with an adult, mm-hmm. you got to be able to show them the product, right? You know, and then say, okay, this is it, and this is how easy it is to do. You need to explain how easy it was to do. Look, say, hey, I'm not, I'm no special artist or anything. I mean, I'm not painting. The, the Sistine Chapel, okay, but but I can do this, and I can do this because I practice at it, and you can do something like this too. It's that easy. You get the kit, you follow the directions. The first one might not turn out real great, but the next one is going to be. It's better. not supposed the next to. It's going to be better, right? And I think that Scott, I think that's where you had to start with this. I agree with that. I just remember I, I also switched to N scale. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did, uh, and I actually I yeah, did have it was really short lived. No, but yeah. I but I did have a layout for a very short period of time, where I bought some N scale stuff and I did some small N scale uh, right. buildings and whatever. But it didn't go very far. No, because you had girls and 
girls and cars. Yeah, and, I turned 16 and, uh, and shit went downhill. Yeah, yeah you, were, you, were, you were playing hockey all the time. And uh, yeah, so I mean. But, anyways, I think, but it's still, it's still brewed in me for right, years. Right. At, even when I was right. in my early, late teens and early 20s, it still brewed in me like I had to go do this, you know? Yep. Yep. So I think right. that's a good way to get people into it. Um, maybe, maybe younger than what yeah. we, maybe Scott was asking for. But, anyways, let's move on. Let's, let's do that. All right. What the hell is going on with my trackpad? It's going all wonky. I don't even know what a trackpad is. Oh, my my touchpad on my, on my laptop. Oh, touchpad, okay. All right. Let's do this one quick. Last one from Scott. Topic, model building remorse. How do you get over selling a model when you have emotional attachment? We've all done this. I've done it a couple times. Um, well, just do it. It's like breaking up with a bad girlfriend or, you, or whatever. You just got to rip out that Band-Aid and just like... Adios. Yeah, I, I, it sounds terrible, but it, it's it does break your heart a little bit. But I think the cool thing about it is I've received messages from a couple people I've sold, uh, whether they were on eBay or yeah or whatever. I've sold some. Remember, I used to paint some DPM models and I'd sell them on eBay. Yeah, I painted a really cool one, which I I regret letting go. Um, right, and that wasn't that long ago. It was probably five years ago. Uh, I repainted yeah. a warehouse, a DPM warehouse, and. Uh, the guy messaged me and said that he's not a model railroader, but he's a architectural designer mm-hmm. and he loved the build that I did and he wanted it for his desk. Right. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, this guy found what I did to be worthy of purchasing it for $11 kit. Yeah. Unpainted. He purchased it for like 70 bucks and he wanted it for his desk at yeah. work. Like that, I felt pretty honored about that. So I think you got to kind of find the good in letting go of things and yeah. uh, find the positive of it. Obviously, someone found what you did to be worthy enough to spend their right. hard-earned dollar on it, and they loved it enough to spend their money on it. So obviously, that's a compliment to you, and that's enough. And for me, that's enough. I've never sold a kid. I've never sold anything, so I never had. That's because you're selfish. And to- <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I I'm kidding. To do that. No, but 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 well, if you I, did, I, I don't care. If you did, yeah, I think you would get. Um. So okay. So so. Not really. Here's you built. Why. But you built. You built a kit for a couple uh, people. For other people, and I have no problem with that. You know why? Because that was the intentions. No, I know, I know. But think about it in the same way. Like the amount of joy that you had building it. If someone's going to buy something from you, I think you would feel the – if you're selling a kit to somebody or selling a model, I mean, to somebody, I feel like if somebody found your work worthy of purchasing, you would get joy out of knowing that, wow, they they work for that money and now they're willing to spend part of their hard-earned money on something that I did. Right. Like I feel like that's an honorable thing. That is an honorable thing. I, so, I, I I understand that. The things I've given away, I've built some things and you given You get attached them. to it. Well, I enjoyed doing it, and I take my photos, and that's fine. And, you know, I think I find it probably easier than what you would for two reasons. Well, well, for one reason. Well, you started out with the intention of giving it away. Well, I started out with the intention of giving it away. When we did that 
build, that live build. Oh, yeah, that was a really cool one, too. And uh, I built that. Well, that was the. Um, no, it was a cool. It was what, what you did was cool. Kid. Yeah, and I gave that away to the kid in Texas. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, because he his family was having a rough time, and he was having a rough time. There was some very and, some severe hardships. Right, and he was my friend's son, and I, I and he was and he likes the things that we do. To me, that was important to give that to him. So I enjoyed sending that to him, and right. I enjoyed seeing that they appreciate it and they liked it and they put it on their train layout and that made me feel cool so, when they sent me the photos. It's cool now, to think about that being it's it's existing right. on something that they enjoy. Right. And I was helping a friend and his son in a really tough time yeah. medically. So um that was cool. And then I made some I made some kits that I gave away uh to our patrons who uh you know we we had some patron uh you know, obligations that we made kits for, but I enjoyed doing it because it was designed for that particular patron, and I knew the things that they liked, and I was excited to send that off to them. I wasn't, I didn't feel bad about doing it. Like, oh, I really want to keep this myself. No, I get I it. I get because it because I wanted it for them. But here's the thing: I think I find that easy personally to do that because when I make a kit here at my house, the layout is not at my house. So when I, it's not like I have the things here I can always go into the room and look at. I can't. If I want to see my work, I have to go to your house to see it. Yeah. Well, sorry about that. It's going to be on. No, I don't no problem. <laughs> and then when I make my kit, it's here for a couple of weeks. I take my pictures and then I put it in the car when I go down to your place and I drive drive down and we put it on the layout. Yeah. Right? And. And as a result, I'm used to the fact that I, I make something and I take it away and it goes, and that's going to go to my granddaughters. And to me, that's very, very important uh, that they're going to be able to appreciate it later on and say, yeah, yeah my pappy made this, you know? I like and that you, is- so for me, it's an odd thing to think about right. that because I everything I build, I can go downstairs every night and look at. Right. Uh, so right. to me, that's foreign. But right. It, it sounds like you've become you. You're okay with that. You I know? love it. I love the fact that I can make it and take it down there, and it's something. Two things: it, my granddaughter is uh, they're they're going to be able to enjoy this later if they choose to. Number two, that I get to share that with my son. Yeah, at, at his house, and we get to work on it together, and that it's there for him to enjoy. Um, is important to me. It, it yeah. is, and because I ain't gonna be here forever. Who's cutting so, onions, man? Who's cutting onions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just no, I'm just saying, I ain't gonna be here on this planet for life, forever. Yeah. You know, so and, and uh, hopefully, um, I'm gonna outlive. Uh, you're gonna outlive me. You know, that's the idea. Yeah. And and that I, I want there to be something for my family to say. Hey, Pat did this. You know, my dad. And even if me, we worked with this together, you know, even that's, if in. Even if in whatever thirty, forty years it becomes something else, and it becomes a larger layout, like I, you know, I have plans to build. Right. A, I have still, maybe I'm still hanging around it in forty years. God, I mean, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know if I want to, I don't know about wheeling you down here, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, you know, but yeah, but even if even if it even as it mold, even if it as it transitions into. Um, you know, I obviously want to be in a larger place in the future. Um, uh, when it transforms into different renditions of its current state, the artwork that we create will still continue 
no matter what it is, as long right. as we continue to keep it going. So even though you make something and it sits on the layout the way it does now in 20 years, it might not even be in the same con- you know configuration we make it. Yeah. Because we might have made a bigger layout. It might be twice the, si- twice the size in 10 years. Who knows? Right, exactly. But, you know, it's a slow... Look how much it's grown in just a few years. Well, and we are confined pretty tight right now. But, right. you but know... it's grown in just two years. Right, but in the last six months... In the last six months, you and I have made some... Pro- I think some good progress on it. And, um, you know, it's it's at the point now where it's starting to all come together. So... Okay. But anyways, all right, next one. So while you're doing that, pause for a second. I got to go get uh, my adapter. My, oh, my, my goodness. Laptop's my laptop's running out. So okay. 15%. Hold on. All right, let's move on to our next question. Um, this one's from Lynn McCurdy. How about asking what's happening with the forum? Well, the forum's up. And it's running. Uh, there's a few little minor edits that need to be done with it, just from feedback. Um, but it's up there. Just you guys got to add to it. I mean, put stuff in it, man. It's it's based on user, user input. There. So, uh, all right, next one. This one you is the, give it the juice, baby. Second, it ain't gonna grow itself. Second one from Lynn. Do you or others have a sentimental piece of equipment or something sentimental that you work with? What I do? I really like my paintbrush. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that makes it sound really paintbrush cleaner. I really like my paintbrush cleaner. I do. <laughs> what? Well, what do you want me to say? This? I do. I have a sentimental piece of equipment. What? I have some pliers of mine that I use down here quite often, actually. Like yeah. needle, needle nose nipper, like the little nippers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Not pliers. I used the wrong word, but little yeah. uh, wire cutters. Right. And they were my great grandfathers. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Great, there. They were actually Pat Yingers. I see where you're going. Okay. So mom gave me. I'm sorry. No, they were my great Pat Knotts's. Cool. Um, they were his old. Uh, no, they were Yingers. They got a Y on the side of it. So he. Who cares? Yeah. He engraved on the side. None of you people know who these people are. They're my great grandfathers. Um, right. But uh, he. I have a I have a whole set of his old pliers and wire nippers and stuff like that. So um, I use his old needle nose pliers and wire cutters down here. I got none of that. How's that? Right, there you go. None of the tools I have were hand me downs from anywhere. You do they have were tools that I have. I don't know. I don't have any sentimental things. Uh, what about that doll head? <laughs> yeah, that's not a tool. It's not. A I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. All right. That is on my workbench show. So, yeah, I guess in that case. But, yeah. But outside of that, equipment-wise, no. No. That's equipment I work with, and maybe it'll be sentimental to somebody else later on. Um, next one is from Jake Johnson. What is on your model railroad hobby bucket list? Ooh. So the one thing on our bucket list was um, – seeing George Selios's layout. Yeah. Another thing on my bucket list, which we are in contact with someone that can help us, which we obviously, we've just been too busy this winter is to see Howard Zane's layout. Right. Um, but from a modeling standpoint, I think on my bucket list for a strictly model oh. building is, um, 
I want to get to a point on our layout where it's complete to the point where people see it as complete. But we don't. But I'm still working on it. Yeah. On little details. Yeah. I want to get to the point. Bucket list for me is when we have the buildings we like. We have the landscape that we like. The trains are running fine. But we're still adding little details like figures and cars and, you know, little tiny details into our city, out you know, around to build the scenes. But people don't notice that, but we do. Yeah. No, you know, they're looking at it going, oh, it's done. But no, we're still working it. That's where I want to be at this point. Nice. Yeah. Um, and this one is from, last one from Jake. Uh, any train trips you would like to take uh, from a historical standpoint? Train tips. Train trips. Oh, train trips? I honestly, I think... Not it, really. <laughs> I do think it'd be cool to see... Um, it'd be cool to see the... Well, Jake says, I would like to visit White Pass and Yukon someday. Yeah. Uh, I honestly would like to see the... Well, and Jake's actually coming up to see it. The East Broadtop Narrow... What's that? The East Broadtop... Uh, yeah, it'd be yep. cool to go up and check. It'd be cool to go up and check that out. It's so close to us. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I enjoy you know it. What I like to do. I like to do this. I like to take your mom, get on a train, an Amtrak train, and go to New York, so I don't have to play the park. <laughs> and then go do it and get back on the Amtrak train. Hey, that's a train back. trip. That's a train trip. My train trip. That's about it. Because I, uh, that's what it is for me for trains. I mean, it's, it's a mode of transportation. That's what it's about. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess not. I mean, everybody has their thing. It's not my thing. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I, the reason I'd take a train is to go take a trip somewhere where I don't have to park my car in the middle of the city. That would be a train trip. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Dave Kruzwick at Dave's Workbench. Uh, expo or Expo orphan trip ideas. So remember how each expo has like a cool um, uh, side trip? Yeah. Uh and he asks, are there any ideas for cool side trip ideas for um, an Expo an Orphan Trip idea? Huh. Uh, well, if it is rumored to be what it'll be, we have some ideas. But I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that yet. So. Yeah, I'd rather not go into that subject until we know it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I have some cool – I have but some office. Some, I have some, got some really, kick-ass yeah. tri- side trip ideas. Um and some yeah, are model, yeah. some are model railroad related, and some are not. But they're both. If it happens in our area, which is kind of what I'm hearing, Dad. If it, well, I'm just saying. If it would, <laughs> I'm just saying if it, if it would happen. In hypothetically, our hypothetically, if it hypothetically would happen in our area. I would, I would say there's a couple side trip areas that you could, things that you could take to see, uh, railroading wise, and um, one would be the Enola Yards. There would be the well um, for people who have National Train Museum in Lancaster. Yeah, for people who haven't be, for people who haven't seen the um like the Stra- what's that Strasburg? Yeah, Strasburg Railroad's nice. It's just a it's a, it's you can ride the train. I did no, it but they got butter. no, but they have the they have a steam shop there. They have yeah for people do. for people who are into actual like. Actual right. steam engines. They got a whole tr- right. uh, train shop there. Um, right. I mean, there's a whole bunch of 
right. awesome side trips. And there's I mean, some. You want to hit the Pennsylvania Railroad? You want to see Pennsylvania Railroad? You get your ass to Harrisburg. And you see the yards in Harrisburg and in Old yeah. across the street, across the river. Well, that's mean, a giant, gigantic. That's a gigantic over in Enola, yeah. Norfolk yeah. Southern Yard. You know, Huge. Harrisburg itself used to be the hub during the Civil War, for example. Um, the Harrisburg was the hub for the entire country. It was the major hub yeah. of railroading because everything flew that went to to support the war for the Union was flown was uh, you know trained in. From uh, New York, Boston, all over the Northeast into Harrisburg, yeah, as, and it would branch off, and and there would take you to, you know, Baltimore, Washington. Everything came to Harrisburg, and then you know if you wanted trains to go west, you know everything flowed through Harrisburg to go west to get your ass to the Mississippi River to support. To support the war on the Mississippi, it would have to go out of Harrisburg West to the Mississippi and then get on steamboats to go down. Right. So, I mean, there was a lot of train traffic in that area. There's it's all- why Lee wanted to sack. He wanted to sack Harrisburg. Well, and, and it's also why he came up through. Yet, it's, all- it's also why he came up through Chambersburg, Shippensburg. Right. Carlisle, yeah. Mechanicsburg, Camp Hill, because right. every single one of those towns had a massive, uh, well, not massive railroad, but they all had a large train station for each one of those towns. Logistically, right. it was it was it was key. Plus, he was building a roadway behind the South Mountains well, to try yeah. to get himself to the Harrisburg to sack Harrisburg and wreck the transportation. But- to support the war, but as far as that train travel, but as far as train travel, there was a direct line that came right. the entire way up through the Cumberland Valley. Right, exactly. Um, so if you get a chance to go see, what's really cool, and I'm going to do this real quick. What's really yeah. cool is when you go to each one of these towns. So when you go to Camp Hill and you go to Mechanicsburg and Carlisle, Newville even has one. My tiny little right. town, Newville, um, right. Shippensburg. Chambersburg, Waynesboro, all those towns, the entire way down the I-81 corridor, have a historic train station along an an old railroad bed, which no longer has a track. But you can see the old um, earthworks for the railroad foundation. Sure. And they got old train stations that are restored, and they're there. They're they're either historical societies or they're old parks now. Uh, The whole way down there, there's old railroad artifacts. Pretty cool, excursions. though. Yeah. So Dave was asking about excursions. Gettysburg, the Lincoln Train, the Lincoln Train Museum, yeah. the Gettysburg Railroad Train Station. The old railroad cut. Came in on to see, to give a Gettysburg address in November of 19, November 19 or 18, 19 mm-hmm. of 2000, uh, I'm sorry, of two, uh, 18, 2000. 1863. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he came in and gave the Gettysburg address. Uh, the old railroad, and he came in on that train, and it came to that station. It still sits there; it's yeah. been restored. And if you go in there, there is a diorama of the actual train station. The uh, of that it's pretty cool. It's a neat little right. diorama of Lincoln Lincoln's tra- journey to the train station. It's cool, right? And the old yeah. railroad cut's yeah. cool to see too. That, that's but. true too. Part of the battle itself of Gettysburg has a railroad cut, and I can tell you the story of that better than pretty much everybody 
But one besides one Scott Hartwig, outside <laughs> of that, I can give you the best description of that yeah. battle for railroad cut. But uh, just right. you know. Next one. Yep. Uh, with summertime, this is from Jason. With summertime season approaching upon us, are there projects you want to get tied up before it's time to take that to rake up the yard, mow grass, cookouts, etc.? Do you guilt yourself like I do for staying inside and working on a mile railroading project when it's so nice outside? I don't. I don't guilt myself. Oh, what? Uh, going outside? No, of staying inside when it's nice out. Oh. Because I spend so much damn time outside that uh, <laughs> I just enjoy not being outside. That's because you have that yard from hell. Yeah. <laughs> you got that big giant yard of yours, man. <laughs> takes me three hours to mow my damn yard, but I'm done. I'm like, I just want to be inside, damn it. But uh, no, I mean, uh, you do have to balance your time. Yeah. When it's nice, get outside. Do if some... I'm inside working, if I'm inside working on a nice day, it's because I've exhausted myself in some way outside. Right. And uh, or it's hot as balls outside. outside. Right. Oh yeah. If it's that hot outside, then it's not yeah. a nice day, anyways. So right. Then it's not nice. Then I can be in. But you know, generally, if it's a nice sunny day and its temperature is good, I'm out. Yeah. We're doing something. Yeah, that's just the way it is. I think I, I think evenings I can sit in. That's there how I look at it. Once it's dark yeah. outside, I can go back inside and do some stuff. And right, if it's dark outside in a nice summer day, on a weekend though, I will sit out on my porch in the evening, late night, and you know, with your with your mom. Have you ever worked outside? I have actually. I've not I, done that we yet. Talked about that. I've worked outside on the table on the you know we have one of those glass top tables yeah. on our porch and everything. And I take stuff out there while she sits and works and you know, her things or we reads a book or whatever she's doing. And um, and I will definitely uh, work at the table there. And I'll work I've, – I've worked all afternoon outside uh, on, a, on a table on the porch. Absolutely. You just got to make sure it's not like 1,000% humidity like it was last summer. Right. And there's only one problem with all that. You go back inside to get everything you need when you don't bring it outside. Yeah, and then you get out there and you start working, and you're like, "Oh shoot, I forgot the exact night." <laughs> you gotta go go back and get exact night. Yeah. You get that, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, I forgot the this particular paintbrush." And then I have to go back. Oh, and get we've that. done that. Then there's when you're then then you have just about everything you possibly need because you after the third trip you're grabbing everything you possibly could think you could, might possibly use. Oh yeah, and you bring it out there with you, and you sit down, and you work, and you work all afternoon, and then when you're done, you got a pile of crap. You gotta take you gotta it back bring inside back in and set it back up where it belongs on your workbench. Yeah. All right. Next but question. It's still nice to be outside. This is from Jeff Adam. Have you ever knocked over a beer while you're working while you're building at the workbench? Yes. Yes, I have, and it's I a have. sad, sad day. I does, and if it wasn't for the fact that I'm working with chemicals like mineral spirits and paint thinners and um, and paints. Um, uh, you know, um, lacquer-based paints or, or um, you know, that type of thing. If it wasn't for that, I would probably put my face to the workbench. Oh, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I doubt it. That's I gross. That. That's I gross. I have done it, yeah. I, have, uh, I haven't done that. I mean, I, I have spilled beers on my workbench. And uh, it does make you want to cry. It does. I've done it too. Um, I got a wood workbench, so there's no chance in drinking that up. So I just yeah. 
Yeah. Get a good old shop town and clean it up. Yeah, soak in. You know, the nice thing about that is you'll get the you'll get the uh, the the smell of it. You know, you'll smell beer for a night or two. Yeah. You, know, you walk back like in there and you're like, it's like potpourri for your workbench. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. We'll go with that. All right. Yeah. Next question from Silverado Northern. What considerations go into your choice of colors on your structures? Um, well, I don't know. I look, my consideration is, um, what have, do we have a lot of, and what can I do that we don't have a lot of that'll fit? Right. And so what's different that won't stand out so much that it looks weird, right? but it's, make it but it's unique. Please. Hello? I said you had to make it aesthetically pleasing. Right. I just I try to find what I haven't done a lot of yet right. and see if what I can make with some new colors will fit in but be different. Yeah, because you can't say, oh, I haven't mixed uh, spring green and pink before. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let me use my glitter paint. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Your mom made something for the girls with glitter paint, and she brought it in and put it on my workbench. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Now you got glitter. Now you got. Matt looks like the. I almost had to give a barnyard barnyard animal for that. Now, now, now it looks like. Do with glitter paint? Yeah, now it looks like there was a stripper dancing on your workbench. Uh, so it's still sitting in there. I just don't want to. Uh, so I think I'm not, I'm not gonna do anything with it. I think both of us, you have the same answer for that. Whatever is different enough to fit in and be aesthetically pleasing, but one yeah. a, col- a color combo we haven't done yet is always fun as long as it right. fits. Um, I like more subtle tones, whites and grays, and and um, you know beiges, browns, yeah. and greens. Those are big popular ones. Um, I started and, using and you more. Them up a little bit. I started. I've started using more whites. Yeah. Um, yeah. More different shades of whites. Right. Um, and, and, and that's that's important because, uh, you know, a lot, there was a lot of white buildings. Yeah. Even today, a lot of white buildings. Yeah. All right, next and, one. And, well, real quick. Go ahead. The other, Go ahead. One of the other considerations would be um, the picture on the box. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has a lot to do with it because one of the reasons why we buy a kit is because we looked at it and said, hey, you know what? I really like that one. I like how they did that, you know. And sometimes I'll, I'll, sometimes I will do my own thing, and there's sometimes I will do what the same color scheme it was done on the kit because I loved it. That's what brought me to buy it. Yeah, um, yeah. So go ahead. All right. Next question is from Jim Lassiter. So, what of all the techniques that you use on your model building, which of them, of all the techniques we've ever used, which yeah. was the most difficult and challenging? to learn I got one go ahead my most difficult to learn was how to properly when I still don't know if I've done it completely but properly weather a building Uh, because I I feel like every even though I'm getting better at doing it more conservatively yeah I still feel like it's like it's always no not ever done but like I'm trying to figure out the way to do it the most naturally. Oh, yes. Or the most subtly, but still making it look worn. Right. And I always feel like, and not not that I'm not satisfied with what I've done in the past, but right. I feel like every time I weather, I get better at it. Yeah. But I'm, you know. al- but I'm always seeing things that I could do better the next time. So for me, my most difficult thing is to learn how to not over-weather 
while continually critiquing myself on how to do it better next time. That's my that's my biggest challenge. <clears throat> I think my biggest challenge for me. Guess what? What? Elo Kovalchuk just scored his first goal. Anyways, go oh, ahead. Good, good for him. Two two okay. two two. All right. Good. So, uh, <laughs> I think what's most exciting, most exciting, most challenging for me, is what I've said before. Um, painting. Barrels. <laughs> you hate that. <laughs> I hate painting barrels. <laughs> I, I love paint, it. I can paint the eyeballs on a figure. I love okay? barrels. I can paint. I can paint any pretty much any metal detail part, um, and and get it precise down to eyeballs on a HO skill prizer figure. Okay, but for whatever reason, I can't paint a damn barrel to save my life. I love the barrels. Barrel. Only the wood barrel. Yep. I can do metal barrels, no problem. Uh, and they look out great. But wood barrels, but I'm getting better at it. It's with, getting better. With wood, barrels I've, with wood barrels, I've learned it's better to do um, watered-down washes over and over again in layers. Yeah. And I learned that from a guy that does military modeling. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you that video maybe. He does a really good – and I learned how to do my wood barrels from a guy that does military modeling. And I've scaled down what he does to our scale. Well, I see some amazing wood barrels that look like real wood barrels, and you just can't and I'm figure like, it out. I can't be that guy. I can't. <laughs> for no reason, I can paint every other damn, every other damn detail possible. You just, people that follow us on our Facebook page have seen my detail work. I mean, just not wood decent. barrels. I just can't do a wood barrel. I don't know what it is. Why do I get that band? It's your kryptonite. The barrel bands. <laughs> the barrel bands up. I don't know why. It's just your kryptonite. I, and I see others, and I'm like, oh, my God, why can't I do that? It's, it, yeah, it's my kryptonite. It's awful. You know, it's not any bigger or smaller. It's just It's I just those damn it. barrels, yeah. Yeah. All right, next. I can, paint, I can paint the locks on a crate and the hinges, but I can't do a barrel. Go ahead. We'll, we'll do a lesson for you some weekend down here. All right, uh, next one. Lynn McCurdy, what coffee or beer – are Brett drinking a uh, Brett and Todd drinking this weekend? Well, what? What coffee? What coffee or beer are Todd and Brett drinking well, this we weekend? We already said what beer. I already said what. Beer. Well, I'm drinking a uh, Trogues Perpetual. That's a local brand from Hershey. Ah, a beer, yes. not coffee. My coffee well, flavor. Well, tonight they make a Trogues was making a coffee right now. My favorite coffee of current is um, the one I've been drinking for the last five years of my life is. Uh, five o'clock coffee, or eight o'clock? Is it eight o'clock? I think it's eight o'clock. Yeah, I used to drink that. Eight o'clock Italian blend. I used to drink that. Now my doctor wants me drinking decaf, so I'm drinking decaf. Are you drinking decaf coffee? Yeah. What if you drink half calf? Hear about it, huh? What if you drink half calf? Well, you told me you drink decaf at night. I drink decaf at night. Okay, then shut up. I drink decaf when I if it's after like four o'clock. Okay. I think decaf because decaf uh, suggested that I a, that I lay off the caffeine. What about in the morning? So, what's that? You drink decaf in the morning? No, I I don't drink any coffee really that much. I don't drink coffee a whole lot. Oh, it's got to be like it's got to be like sub zero weather. I'm getting into work and oh, go, man. oh my god, it's cold, and I'm sitting at my desk and I just was outside. I'm shivering. Okay, I'm gonna make myself some coffee. Then I'll drink coffee. Yeah. I'm at home at night, late at night, or not late at night, but in the middle of the night. I'm working at my workbench, and 
Um, it's you know cold. what? You should become. Uh, wh- if it's warm weather, I ain't touching coffee. You should become the hot chocolate. Con- you should become the hot chocolate connoisseur of the podcast. Yeah, I don't like hot chocolate. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right. Next question from Mark. What are some of the most common mistakes that modelers make when sharing pictures on Facebook? Well, I got one. Bad, bad. Wait, 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 repeat that. What are some of the most common mistakes that modelers share? Modelers make when sharing pictures on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got one. Go ahead. Taking pictures from like really goofy angles. Yeah. So there's some standard angles I think you should take pictures from. One is from like pretty much dead on eye level when you look down low and you take a picture. And then obviously all four corners. But some people take pictures of models like from really far back, like way back. They're standing like three or four feet back from the model. Get up close. Don't be afraid to get up close and take some pictures of your model. Worst case is you take a picture and – so here's my thing of taking pictures. Taking a picture, and we've talked about this with a few other people who have been guests on our show – Taking a picture is either going to make your model look really good or expose a mistake that you've made that you didn't really see before. Which is a good thing. And then you can, before you share that picture, you can just go back and fix it and then take it again. Yeah, don't just take it and say, oh, there's a problem, and then post it out. So, so the one thing I think most, uh, not most people, but a, a common mistake I see a lot of people doing is taking pictures from too far back yeah. where the, it makes the building look too small. You're right. making this building to show off detail, hopefully. So get up close. Take some pictures up close. Also, try to take a picture from uh, not just front on, like a squared a squared front of the building. Put it on an angle. Take a take a picture. So two sides. Take a picture of it where it's kind of uh, two different sides are going away from the camera and a angle. Portion of your roof, or yeah, a put the build sidewalk. Put the building. Put the building at a 45 degree angle from the front of the camera, not a 90 degree angle. Right. That way, you're getting a really cool perspective of the building. Right. But just think about how you would look at it from if you were an HO scale sized person looking yeah. at that building. Right. I try to think of buildings and street side photos and and detail photos when I'm taking them now as if I were right. that size mm-hmm. person. Right. Yeah, I do the same. So that's my that's my another- tips. My tip is this. Get something. Put a backdrop behind your stuff, please. Okay? Well, that's if it's not. That's if it's. That's if. You can make it yourself. Go to the store. Well, put a a backdrop on it. Yeah, I am. Put a backdrop on it if it's not on your layout. Right, right, right. If it's not on your layout, if you just take a picture of your structure, go to the store, buy some white. What do they call that? Um, uh, post, not poster board, the the foam board, you know, the, the project board. Yeah, pro- yeah, 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 project board. Okay, yeah, buy that stuff. The, the, who makes that stuff? The, um, Elmer's makes it. Elmer's. Okay, buy some of that stuff. Bring it home. Just a white. Okay, make a box. Can you make a box? You can make a damn building. You can make a box. Okay, <laughs> you can make a little tiny building. You can make a decent sized box to fit every general building on. Make it like 18 by, or 20 inches long by, I don't know, uh, at least a foot or a foot and a half yeah. deep. And then um, and then make the walls about, I don't know, 20 inches high. You don't even okay? have to put a top. Don't put a top on it. 
Right, and you could do that with one or two of those boards. It'll cost you eight bucks or whatever, you know. And, and then glue the uh, use your coupon, by the way, Michaels, okay, or or Hobby Lobby. Then and, and tape it together. Use I use I made one one time a long time ago, and I just took duct tape. Yeah. And I and I, I made a box with and I held it together with duct tape on the back because nobody sees the duct tape. It's pure white. You sit it on your, you sit it aside somewhere so it doesn't get dirty. Cover it with a piece of old sheet or something so it doesn't get all dusty and dirty. Yeah. And then when you're ready to use it, dig it out, put it on your counter, on your workbench, put your model in that on it, and you can even hang a white sheet inside it and drape it over the inside so it takes some of the edges away, you know? Yeah. And put, lay it in there, sit it on top, and take your photos. At least you. I do not want to see your cat walking in the distance in the background. I do not want to see your toilet brush or anything else <laughs> in the background. Okay, I want to see the model. So you want to put the focus on that model, and 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 that's an easy, cheap way to do it. Right. We since have bought a, I since have bought a uh, special camera box. You can buy them online for like you can get them cheap on eBay bucks. or Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's a camera photo taking box. You can put. Small objects in, you know, it's like people do it for when they're taking photos for selling stuff online and that type of thing. And it's very easy. You set the box up. It's all Velcro together. Right, right. It's got LED lights in it. And I plug it in. It's ready to rock. Okay. But, you know, you don't have to go to that extreme. Okay. Which isn't that much anyways. It's like I said, less than 20 bucks. Yep. But you can you can build one out of foam core board. Definitely. And foam board and make one. Yep. And, 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 and give... Give it something. Every time I've ever done that and I put my models in it, I've had I posted pictures and people just uh, it, it brings the attention to it. It does. So, you know, it's 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 so much better than having you know. I don't want to see your, your paintbrushes in the background I'd, and your hey, your I do dirty that. Beer can. Yeah, I do that. So I know. I'm fine. I won't ever do that anymore. Oh, uh, that's not what I meant. You All right, what I meant. next up, whatever. From Bill Sartori, does anyone have? Oh, I'm sorry. No, this one is last one from Mark. Um, I have two different slippers on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with this week's podcast. What the hell did you just say? I have two different kinds of slippers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess when I before I did the podcast, I went and put my slippers on to come in the room. <laughs> I have one from one set of slippers and one from the other set of slippers. Anyhow, okay, all right. That's a nice little tidbit for the for the show. But anyways. I know. I, I, no other place would I feel comfortable saying that but on this podcast. But go ahead. You know what? Everyone, No one here will judge you. I promise. <laughs> you will, but that's what makes it great. Okay. All right. Next one from Mark. I'm trying to remember your modeling story when you started the podcast. What got you both to come back to the hobby and what advice would you give to someone like me who would like their dad to come back to a hobby? Go ahead. You do that one. Well, this one's, this one's going to go deep. But, uh, you know, what got me to come back to the hobby was I wanted to find something that allowed me to I, – I did a lot of Civil War reenacting, which had me traveling all over the East Coast, which my dad was also involved in. But I was having um, young children at the time. And we were good at that, by the way. We went anywhere from like Georgia to Alabama to Kentucky. Yeah, uh, we were all over the it place. It was hardcore. We were making our own clothes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were ridiculous yeah. with it. So, 
which was fine. But the problem with it was, you know, a dozen or so times a year, I was, I was more than an, more than an hour or two away from my family minimum. And right. a few times a year we were going to Kentucky or the Carolinas or Georgia or, you know, long trips or away. Virginia. Yeah. Yes, long trips away. And, uh, I was having a young family and I wanted to find a hobby that allowed me to do something I enjoyed right. while staying at home. And, um, so that was what really got me back into it. And I text my dad or called my dad one night and said, what if we do a layout in the basement? I got room. Let's do it. And that's what got me into it. Um, and any advice I would give someone like you who would like to get your dad back into the hobby is try to find a way to, um, you know, I'm guessing Mark, based on your question, he was once into it and you're trying to find a way to get him back into it. And for anyone else that's listening that's trying to do the same thing or would like to do the same thing, invite them slowly to not necessarily do a whole layout. But like I think I did with that with you. Like I bought some DPM buildings and I bought some I bought a bar mills kit. And I was just sharing some I would build it, I buy it, and I say, Hey, check out what I'm doing. We're gonna start building some stuff. And I just started to share with you like some interest in getting back into it. And then I pitched like, Hey, let's do a layout. Yep. Let's do this. And then I, I kind of started dropping little, little, uh, breadcrumbs along the way to bring you into wanting to do a layout with me. So that's how I would do it. Just if you want to get someone back into it, who was once into it and like your father or an influence in your life, just kind of, you know, show them that you're into it again and you're serious about it. And do a couple builds and, and don't start with a whole layout. Maybe do a diorama and show them that you're, you know, yeah. you're doing some modeling again and, and get them interested in it. And, and maybe that'll spark an in, uh, spark the flame with them again to get them started. So I think me doing – I kind of created a monster with you because I was the one that introduced the idea of doing this again with you. So I kind of blame myself for getting this whole fire started with you again. Right. Well, here's the thing. Here's what it takes, Mark. But it was my fault. I'm going to give you a different perspective. Go for it. Well, there's a different perspective that your dad's going to have, okay? Right, because I'm right, that right. dad. I'm that guy. Okay, so because I'm that guy, you're going to get this. Brett came to me and said, hey, dad. Well, first of all, he said, let's, let's build a layout, okay? I want to do something with you. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'll work with you on it. We'll build this layout. We can do it at my house. It'll be great. We'll, all get, we'll spend some time together. And boom, right there it was. I got to spend time with my son doing stuff, you know, that we can do and enjoy together. He right. knew my passion before, I, before this. He knew I was into it. He knew I liked it. And he knew that this was something he would enjoy, and he could enjoy it with his dad. And it, and being put that way, that he was going to be able to share something with me that he really wanted to do, that it wasn't so much always about just filling the layout. It was the fact that he could share some time with his dad is important. Now, here's the other thing. We were doing the reenacting, and it was we talked about this before, and it was getting all political and you know club bull crap and people were 
you know, talking about the, the drama that we weren't yeah. really involved with. We were just tired of hearing about it. And then there were people that there were people outside our group that were, you know, didn't they were just they just make too many rules when we go right. to events that just turned us off of everything. And finally, we were like, you know what? We enjoy. We are already doing the model rivery, as well as the reenacting. We had just started back into it. And, right. And, and that's when Brett looked at me at one time at, at one of the last events we went to, and he's like, "I'm tired of dealing with with the crap that these people want to do. We want to do. Let's just work on our. Let's just. How about we just work on our layout and and do our thing our way. And this is what we want to build. And that's why we promote with this with this with this hobby and the um and the the uh, podcast. Right. Is always pushed. You know, do it your way. It's for you. And and we left that hobby not because we didn't like. I love Civil War history. I I get I got so much out of that too by reenacting because we did it in a different way that reenactors don't normally do. We right. did educational stuff for programs, for parks, and everything else. Okay, and we were good at it. But the re- and we were with a good group of people. But what I'm saying is when we crazy went to group. special, it was a crazy events, group, but it was a good group, right? Yeah, they were the best. They were the best or were. They were out of their, their mind. They were out of their damn minds, but they were great at it. They were the best in the country. And and, and anybody that knows the reenacting will know the group we're talking about. We yeah. were part of that. And so and we left that and we was like, you know what? We can do we go to these events where we go there and the people that weren't as into it as like that were the ones that were usually in charge and they got bossy and pushy and didn't like the way things were done with the right. the hardcore guys. And I was like, this is dumb drama stuff. Let's get out. And, and you said the same thing. Let's do what we love to do on our own, on our own schedule, yep. the way we like to do it. We can, we can be as creative as we want. I can still go to the battlefields and study the history, which I do. But I got to do it with you. And right. I got to do something cool um, that I truly love and you truly loved. And we could share that together. And that, when you mentioned that to me, that was a kicker. And I think if I think uh, Mark, if you mention your dad that this is something you want to do together with him, and and that you would like to spend that time with him, he would love to probably hear that. Yeah, that would. And you as can much make as the passion of it is for him. It would be the fact that he knows that his son opened up to him to say, "I want to be able to do something cool with you yeah. and enjoy it." I came That's to my cool. dad. I came to you, and I said, "Let's do this." Goofy ass hobby together and, and yep. fill up half my house with hot model yeah. railroad shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, if you'd have came to me and said, I want to collect butterflies, <laughs> I'd have probably said, I'd have probably said, you know what? Hell Let's yeah, do it. I'm doing that. Let's do it because it's something we can do together. Yeah. We'll go all over the place and collect butterflies. Yeah, I, I can. Think, I don't think we would either do that ever do that. But I'm just saying. I think you I probably would have first said. I think. Family. I think you probably first would have said. Um, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but later you would have been like, okay, well, let's, like, let's are do you this. smoking something? <laughs> here's the thing, you know, I mean, I, I, no, it's I, So here's so the, the most important thing to, to uh, in my opinion, the most important thing for everybody should be their family. Right. And well, uh, if there's something I can share with my family, I'm all about that. Most recently, um, I don't know, and I'll end this question on this little comment. I gave my daughter, remember my old rock collection, dad? Yeah, I still have all my rock collection. Right, I gave it to Audrey. I, I gave it to my you oldest. Collect, you save all your collections. I Go gave ahead. it. I gave it to all my oldest daughter, Audrey. Yeah. And last night, Wednesday night, she spent the entire evening 
going through it, sitting on the couch beside me, asking about every single rock that was in that. That's cool. She loved it. Was she's, it fun? Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. She's like, what's this one? What's that one? Yeah. And I went through my whole rock collection with her. And I was like, this is your rock collection now. I gave it to her. I'm like, this is... What am I gonna? I'm a 30 year old man. What am I gonna do with a rock collection? <laughs> so I was, <laughs> so I gave. Well, it. now guess what? You may have to help her with that rock collection now. No, but that's cool. I don't so care. I think good. that's I think that's yeah. awesome. And but you're not uh, done. You're a 30 year old man that's gonna have to probably rekindle the rock. I collection. I understand that now. I get it. But but when I was in the basement looking through my old box of stuff, I'm like, what am I gonna do with this thing? Like this box is a rocks. And I'm like, oh, I bet you my daughter would love that because she's five and she's like learning about, you know, in school she's learning everything. And and yeah. I went upstairs and I was like, hey, you wanna you you wanna see Dad's old rock collection? So we went through it all, and uh, she was in love with it. And she saw all the cool colors and all the different rocks and everything. And I explained them all to her, and she's like, after we were done, she said, well, what about it now? And what, what, where are you going to put it? And I was like, well, that's your, that's your rock collection. I'm going to put it in your closet and that's yours. I, I had to, I had to school her to teach it, keep it away from her sister who would end up throwing, you know, throwing them all over the house. But, uh, Oh, she would throw those rocks at her sister. <laughs> they'd break my windows with those damn rocks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they, but, uh, and then she'd turn and laugh at you. Yeah. So I, I had to teach her to keep them away from her younger sister for now, yeah. but uh, you know, she was excited about it. She thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, whether it's sure. rock collecting or model railroading or butterfly butterfly collecting or whatever, whatever you're into, um, botany, whatever it is, uh, if you get your parents and your family into it, they'll love it as well, just because you're doing something with them. Right. Right. Um, all right. Next one. This is another family one. I like the family feel. Um, have your oh, kids? Have your kids ever ruined? No, this one's going to go the other way. Oh. Have your kids ever ruined a build or partially destroyed it? This is for Todd as well. Give us a lowdown. Well, well so well, no, but but, but wait, wait. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you freedom on this one. This is for Todd as well. Give us the lowdown on Brett as a kid. Oh, <laughs> and then I'll tell you my story about my younger daughter destroying something. Well, here's the thing, though. <sighs> You know, I, first of all, you know, you, you and I, when you started getting into my railroad and you were 13 or yeah. 14, and at that point you weren't really a destructive kid at the point where that was a problem. No, but this is your chance. To- I can honestly say destructive-wise, you were not as – you were even as a young kid, you were not a destructive kid. You took care of all your toys, Okay. You take care of all the things that you have here. You really didn't destroy much of the things that I have here, right? Or, or things that I own in my life. You were not that style kid. In fact, you were usually outside playing either some kind of sport or some kind of something outside in the woods or in the dirt. Or in the woods in the dirt, something you were doing something. Okay, so you really weren't destroying. One thing I will say. Well, we'll get to that. Um, I like to take um, things apart. I remember doing that. You did, and then when you got them apart, you had a you they you weren't real awesome at the time at putting them back together <laughs> the way they belong. Your bicycle was one. Okay, your bicycle I had to adjust many times because you thought you could fix it and you didn't fix it. But the other pet peeve I have it really wasn't a destructive thing, but it was one of the things that you did that irritated me 
was that you would borrow my tools, which I was fine with, you know, provided you were using tools in a safe manner. Um, my problem was you putting them back, okay, or, or putting them back in the right places. And that was my biggest I feel thing like that's the, that's the age-old dad story, though. Yeah, you never put my tools back the way they belonged, and they were, or I'd find them in your room for whatever reason. I don't even know why you had tools in your bedroom, uh, but you would have tools in your bedroom, and uh, well, you fix things in your bedroom for that matter. But it was, um, yeah, I would find tools that were not put away, and um, for that matter, for that matter, your mother did that too. So. Um, but <laughs> we won't get into the wives and yeah. tools. I had to yeah. buy my wife a tool kit just so she didn't get into my tools anymore. Right. But, uh, but yeah. outside of that, outside of that, you were very respectful of things, even your own things. And you took care of your own things, your toys, your, your collections. I mentioned collections. You had all kinds of collections I had and stamps and hockey cards and you had everything. And you took care of that stuff. Yeah. I still you have them. Shelf correctly you put it in books you put it in, you took care of your stuff i still have and all I, that stuff know, i have and your your toys you didn't like destroy them and break them like your uncle mark and i used to do when we were, <laughs> uh, like my youngest you know, daughter does <laughs> you, i have i have containers of toys that are here that you you need to go through or take I will they take are them. in mint prime condition and um, because you took care of them, and I, I did. I opened them today. I, I, opened the boxes and crates and stuff we have them in, and I look and I'm like, oh my god! Did he even he he? It's like he was. He, they were in pristine condition. I did destroy toys. I'll give you which toys I destroyed. I destroyed the choi- the toys that I knew were the cheap ass toys. Yeah. So if I got instead of a Hot Wheels or a Matchbox, if I got like a like a what's another off brand one? If Johnny I got Light- if I got a Johnny Lightning. As a kid, I would put a hammer to that to- car, and that would be the car that got in the car crash. Yeah, yeah. You know, know you my matchboxes. By the way, not long ago. My matchboxes and my Hot Wheels. Those were the ones I took care of. The ones yeah, that were. You, they're in the box. Oh my gosh, they're, they're like brand the, new. The Johnny Lightnings. They're Thirty years old. The Johnny yeah. Lightnings that were. Uh, you know, I knew someone only paid fifty cents for it. Well, guess what? That one was the one that got in the terrible car accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, soon they're going to be at your house. So uh, that's so, fine. My youngest daughter loves hot. That's a head up. My 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 youngest daughter actually likes playing with those little cars and stuff. So that'll be good. Oh, that's awesome. All right, next one is from Bill Sartori. Does anyone have any other flavor of modeling other than model structuring that they do? Um, we do mostly HO scale. I've done a couple car. I did a car. I love the car. I'm going to do a one uh, O scale thing coming up soon. Um. We predominantly stick to HO scale, which I don't think is a secret. But I do. I am going. I tried some Civil War figures that I painted. I'm going to do some more. I'm yeah. going to do a Civil War diorama. Um, that's modeling. I also, of course, but I also okay, was go going to elaborate on that. My dad and I just talked this evening before we started about kind of branching out into talking about and and maybe experimenting with a couple other scales. Um, so we have some other ideas, but. For the most part, we're yeah. just pretty much HO scale. About that. We're pretty much yeah. just HO scale at this point. Um, I would like to build if I haven't done yet, but I would like to build a. I, we talked about it earlier in this podcast a ship model. Oh yeah, a wood. A uh, wood you said ship, ship with a P. Ship. <laughs> ship. <Yeah. laughs> a ship model. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have. Um, 
I have some uh, uh, DOS uh, modeling clay, and I could make a shit. <laughs> you can make a poop emoji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, All right. We got to wrap up, man. Because we're right. losing it. Let's go through the next ones. We got three more questions. Let's go through these ones here. Ron Piskel. Because really? we're over two hours. I know. I know. Well, we're going to get through these. Ron Piskel right. asks, what is the most pain- painful injury you've suffered while building at a model? Ooh, painful injury. Well, first of all, I don't regenerally hurt myself while I'm building HS scale things. I had one. But I have cut myself with the exact knife. That's exactly what I had happen. You know, yeah, you're just your, the tip of my just the tip. Your blade, just the tip, babies, yeah. just the tip. <laughs> but, the tip on my finger. I'm but uh, you know, yeah. all it takes is just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, why is it that the oh, why is it that the longer these episodes go with it, with just you and me, the worse they get? When you get tired, you when you get tired, <laughs> get a little yeah. silly. Uh, yeah. But no, I think. The worst one I've had was like you know you're 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 cutting some scale lumber or you're oh, you know what yep. it, it doesn't come from cutting scale lumber it comes from the the one I remember the most comes from um, lifting boards on a on a wall piece because yep. there's not much room for error on that yeah and I remember the blades so I remember yeah. the blade slipping and then it touching my finger and having that miniature heart attack moment like whoops. I just cut my finger off, and yeah. and then you look later, and it's—I mean, it's deep, but it—it's not going to bleed for more than five minutes, kind of bleed. Right, right. But for the, when it initially, when that Zacto blade initially hits, you your, get that cool feeling in your. Oh, when that Zacto that, blade initially hits yeah. your finger, though, you think it—you just lost your finger. It gets it's over. The worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. <laughs> ever. It is. It's the worst feeling, and you're like, ah, ah you know, oh, and, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that bad. It's, it really isn't that bad. But you're thinking, oh my gosh, it, it, it's it's a creepy feeling. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, it's awful. <laughs> and uh, you know, so and it generally heals up pretty quick and yeah. whatever. It's just, it's just a then after that, it's just tender and annoying. Yeah, it's tender know? for two days, and you you know you yeah. can't type or whatever. But I, I did it one time on my bench, only once. Have I do done you remember it. that time when I, I was I probably just jinx, do you remember, I just jinxed do you remember that time? Me. Do you remember that time at the house when I was showing off that new knife knife I got at work? Oh my God, and yes. I cut my index my index finger is still is bad. the tip of my index finger is still numb to this day. I have no feeling in my left index finger tip. Yeah, that was bad. I was like, what the hell did you do? I cut Why it to the bone. That? Yeah, I know. And and I remember I tried to just heal it with like a one of those cheapo plastic band-aids and the blood was like seeping out through the holes in the band-aid. It was bad. I should have got stitches. Yeah, you should. To, da- to, to date, my left index finger is still disformed. But anyways. That's what I should have had. <laughs> All right. Next, next one. Hockey pucks next. and sticks and stuff. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Dan Banks, what technique is frequently touted by modelers as necessary, but you just find is not necessary? I got one. Go ahead. Well, and actually, Dan just said it. Baking dirt. So we won't use that one. But that's a yeah. definite one. Um, example would be that you have to bake the real dirt to use it on the layout. That's yeah. one of them. Dan said that already. Uh, yeah. I've never baked our dirt, and I've never had a you know I've never had earthworm Jim pop out of our layout and start running around. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> remember that terrible video game Earthworm Jim? <laughs> that would be some funny shit. Man. <laughs> but another one I don't do is put a starter line for my shingles. Yeah. 
on the bottom edge. Right. Yeah. You know what I don't do is um, I don't, I don't, if I put powder or anything on my layout, like I'm done, done weathering it. Yeah. I do not put any silk, um, uh, any type of um, uh, doll coat or anything like that. It it darkens it. Not only that, I just don't do do that. And a lot of people swear by it, and I don't put any any kind of uh, matte finish or spray matte finish on it to make sure it uh, stays and sticks adheres. Right. Um, when you also, and I have talked not about that, every model I've oh here's something I don't do. A lot of people swear by, and I don't. I paint model figures, uh, HO scale figures. Okay, and a lot of people say that they like to. Um, put like um, just a touch of or a wash over them with uh, um, there's two th- options they can put like a, a India ink wash over them a light India we'll put a like a, um, um, a pigment powder on yeah. them of some kind I never do that when I paint them I paint them the way I paint them and I, I'm done. I when put I a, them I put a light dusting of brown on their face. That's it. I don't, even, I, don't do, I don't do any of that. I leave them just as is. And anybody has seen my figures, I think they can attest that they look awesome. Um, and they and I don't weather them like that. And, yeah. and I think it depends on the type of paint you use yeah. and how much you apply to the model. Yeah, I and agree with that. The colors you use, but um, I don't do that. I also. Many times I do a model, and as I'm building and doing the model, um, it's weathering as I go. Yeah. And when I get to the end of it, it doesn't need to be weathered. Right. So I don't put extra chalks on or things like that all the time. Sometimes I do, um, but there's a lot of times I don't weather the chalks right. and stuff at the end of the build because um, it, I don't feel that it's necessary. I feel that it, it's been done enough. Uh, by how you put your paint and uh, and stuff on, right? So everybody's got their own thing. So yeah. yeah, mine 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 are pretty much on par with yours, except that I do weather my figures. Uh, I only do the faces to kept, to bring out the like the eyes and stuff, but um, it's just a preference. All right, last yeah. question: What was your first train set as a kid? This was from Dan Pugach. His was the oh. Model Power Missile Force. And it had a army train. It was an army train with an exploding boxcar. So that's wow. pretty badass. But I remember them. I know what my first train set was. Young. My, we weren't around. My first that, train set was the lifelike HO scale digital commander Santa Fe, ready to run. Yep. yep. Um, it was the old. It was the modern diesel Santa Fe. Yep. I remember that. The yellow and blue one. That's why. That's why I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first kit. What about you? Or well, my first train set. I, my first train set, see, came back in the day in the I, I was in the eighteen hundreds. Well, I was born in sixty four, <laughs> so um, in the sixties, late sixties and seventies, when I could start remembering trains, um, that was uh, my dad had a train. This in the past, and he he had uh, he went to he didn't buy a set per se. Is he went to a train? Sh- we had a couple local train shops at the time, and he went there and he bought, 
individually bought engines and cars for it. Yeah. And set layout up. And it wasn't a train set. It wasn't until 75 or 76 uh, when he bought a set for us uh, that was called the Freedom Train. The 1976 bicentennial, uh, 1776-1976 Freedom Train. It was a train that went all over the country touring and teaching history. Um, and they had a train, a whole train set out for, it was a diesel engine. I don't know what kind of diesel engine. Don't uh, Somebody out there, I'm sure, knows as they've seen it. It was a popular kit. It was a popular set. It had all the boxcars, and it had, like, you know, bicentennial colored boxcars. Yeah. It was a red, white, blue engine. It was really cool looking. And that was our first set. But we already had other, we already had other trains on our layout at the time. So um, that was just a set that we added to it, you know. We added to our layout. Right. But it, it was actually a box set, and uh, that was our first set that I remember. So. And nice. your mom, your grandma sold it at a yard sale for like five bucks. <laughs> Heartbreaking. So what the hell she sell for? It was awful. But, uh, well, that's terrible. Yep. So, awesome. Well, that's the last of our patron questions. Do you have anything else you need to add this week? I don't, man. We're, we're wrapped. All we're right. wrapped. It is the beginning of the third period between the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. Oh. And our Washington Capitals, surprise, surprise, are losing again 4-3 to three at the beginning of the third period. So uh, we're going to go up and watch the absolute, uh, you know, depressing collapse of the Capitals yep. once again. Yeah. Right? So uh, let's go up and watch the third period and cry ourselves to sleep. Thanks again. Have a good, man. Thanks again for joining thanks us for this week. Yeah, thanks for everything, and uh, you know, we appreciate all of our listeners as well as all of our patrons. So have a great weekend, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in, and um, my dad and I are going to go watch the most depressing end to our sports team again, and call it a night. Good night. All right, later. <laughs>